My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's WNR 192. It's WWE versus WSW, November 1998. Before we do anything, let's have the alternate intro. I would like to leave this city. This old town don't smell too pretty, and I can feel the warning signs running around my mind. And when I leave this island, I'll book myself in a soul asylum. I can feel the warning signs running around my mind. So here I go, still scratching around in the same old hole. My body feel young, but my mind is very old. So what do you say? You can't give me the dreams that are mine anyway. You're half the world away. Half the world away. And that's from the Royal Family, which debuted, of course, in 1998. But now the intro. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcasts go back 20 years, right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with Raw and the WWF's attitude leading the way, WCW needed to fight back. The WNR podcast follows the war, blow for blow and month to month. This is WWE versus WCW, The Monday Night Wars, November 1998. We have a five-point system, let's not forget. That is match, promo, roster, setting, and rating. Well, when we had last left it, the year was 1990. Oh, no, wait. The whole Warrior Hogan thing threw me. Look, the NWO's there, so it's uh, 1996. Nope. Uh, 1997? Nope. Uh, 1998? Yep, you've nailed it. Nailed it. Well, Havoc was the last pay-per-view, and WWE had pissed off half their fans who hoarded this pay-per-view who weren't able to see the main event. Well, luckily, WCW pissed off the other half who did by airing Goldberg versus DDP for free the next night on Nitro. Well, on the bright side, they did win the rating war that night. Unfortunately, it was an ever one. So this month, we ask ourselves, where is WCW going? Yeah, I mean, what's the plan leading up to their biggest event, Starcade? We start off with episode 164, and that is November 2nd. Well, Nitro fell from a great 5.1 to a 4.1, and during the head-to-head, 
They were destroyed with a 3.7 and a 3.8 as Raw won over a full point each time as he got 4.8 total. Yeah. Uh, match one is Norman Smiley versus Alex Wright. Well, Wright wins a competitive match thanks to his enormous schlong and a neckbreaker. Match two, Disco Inferno versus Kaz Hayashi. Well, they go back and forth. Sonny runs distraction and Disco wins with a pile driver. Well, Gene calls out Booker T and he wants to know where he's been. Booker is not happy with Stevie Ray and he's not happy about being hit in the knee from behind. And he tells that the person to meet him in the ring tonight. If not, he will take him out in the back. He finally states that it was Scott Hall and wants him to step up to the plate. As Fit Finley versus Scott Putsky. Well, Putsky's look fairly solid as he works him over. He motions for his finisher but misses and is picked up into a forward roll slam and it's tombstone time and Finley wins. Well, Canyon is back telling Raven he is tired of his pity party. Match four is a cat versus Brad Armstrong. Well, Cat goes off on the crowd calling them fat and useless. Some dude runs in and it's Brad Armstrong and he is immediately beaten. Steve Armstrong comes down and he unloads on the cat. Ono runs a diversion, the cat pins him too, and the ref counts it. Cat brags. Match five is Wrath versus Kendall William. Well, Wyndham gets in some offence, but does not last, and it is meltdown time. Fans, though, fans thoroughly enjoy it. Wrath is starting to get over. I know it's Goldberg's, but it's good there's someone else. Yeah, I mean, Wrath had to get good responses, and I know it's a win streak, but it's good. When he said, oh, WCW never got anybody else over, we can see that with Wrath at the moment. Well, Gina's who's wrestling Luger tonight, hurting people f- for fun, but it takes its toll. He has a serious groin, groin pull, and the doctors state he cannot wrestle. Gene calls him a liar, as he saw him in the back. Brett does not like his integrity questions, as he has a whole bunch of people trying to get him. And DDP took his title, and he does not took his title, and he does not like him to celebrate. Well, Sting should never have brought a baseball bat into the ring, and that will teach him a lesson. He wrestler who faces him. Lex has the night off and can enjoy a drink. He is hurt. Lex comes down and questions the injury. Brett still claims he is injured and he and Lex argue. Brett calls him lucky as he will not be beaten up. Lex has had enough and calls him a gutless coward and turns to leave. He then turns and clotheslines him and down. He then puts him in the rack before being pulled away and heart sells the groin. And now they show Havoc Night 4 between Hogan and Flair with Mr. T as the referee. Well, now Flair heads down to the ring with the rest of the horsemen. Arn wants to get down to the truth tonight as he cannot stomach Bischoff's lies. He's tired of swerves with the arm wrestling and cops. This is a man's game and it is done by men against men. Those tapes are dishonouring both Hogan and Flair. Those matches made Hogan a man and Bischoff is supposedly bear hunting and needs to come out of the tree and put down the gun and fight with a knife. Take them on head on. Well, now to Flair, who's tired of Bischoff and paying fines, and he names all the horsemen, and whether or not you like it, the best thing going today are the horsemen. Today, they're going to South Beach to rock and roll. Dean tells him to get the party started as he has a match. Benoit says something about setting the standard. Flair found Mongo in Vegas, and Mongo makes no fucking sense. He calls him a Shetland pony and shit. Uh, match six is Scott Norton versus Van Hammer. Well, Norton predictably tears into him. Hammer gets in a few blows, but he's finished. Hart is getting taped up in the back, acting like he's in pain as the ribs are getting taped. Well, Saturn versus Eddie Guerrero is the next match. 
Saturn calls out Eddie, who responds, and he runs into a slam, and Saturn stops a hole in him. Well, not a bad match, but here comes the LWOs. He waves them on, but he's overwhelmed and pummeled. Conan comes down and saves Saturn. He wants to deal with Eddie, who is not Raza, and he's just using these boys. He argues with Eddie about who is Raza and who is not. Eddie knows about the taxes of the wolf pack and their ball bats, and he is not dumb, and there will be another day. Conan tells him to watch his back as it is on. Eddie leaves and tells Conan and the LWO to kiss his posterior. Well, Kenny Chaos has come out, and so is JJ. Scotty wants a piece of Kenny, and Buff cannot hold him back as he goes after JJ. Scotty scares him off and yells that he sucks, and then threatens the announcers. JJ goes up to the broadcast table and has something to say, and they go to break. Well, match eight, Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio. Well, these two men have had wars in the past and both look great in this match. Well, Ray placed them up on top as the Elder O come down, but Ray is powerbombed by Psychosis and beaten as he is distracted. Gene calls out Jericho and he is wearing a Goldberg shirt. He has a little secret. He has nothing but the highest regard for Goldberg. Calls him a great champ. It is water under the bridge on whether or as the fans saw it. He hearkens back to this. He hearkens back to his football days and Gene laughs at that. Jericho does not want to brag and talks about Goldberg, reviewing tape after a missed tackle, and he wishes him the best in his future endeavours. Match nine is Raven versus Dean Malenko. Raven is just sitting there in his own filth and misery. He tells Dean to beat his. Raven takes control. Malenko fights back and tries a cloverleaf, but Canyon runs in and is knocked off the apron, and Raven rolls him up, getting two. Two. And now Dean returns the favour. Benoit Mongo Hammer Canyon as the cloverleaf is going to be applied. Bret Hart runs down and beats up Benoit. Wrench on the arm. The match is being called. Bret backs in the corner as Luger comes down and Bret shows his tape ribs whining. The giant pulls him out to safety and yells at Lex that he will take Bret's place as he is injured. And match 10 is Kidman versus Chris Jericho for the WCW title. Well, what a match. We could watch these two all day and the great way for a hill not to be beaten the time limit inspired, expired and that's something that doesn't happen nowadays but it was a great way back in the day to push someone to the limit and neither man to get pinned well JJ Dillon is back at the announce table and is about to say something and Scotty Steiner just books out and goes ape shit Buff cannot control him as the announcers and JJ run for the hills Steiner is running down to the ring chat and now he has a mic he has a statement to make and that the WCW sucks beeped out no one can beat him and he does not care about being fined. He tells him to bring out Piper and calls him a skirt-wearing queer. Now he tells JJ to kiss his ass as Buff wrestles the mic away. Buff tells Kenny that it is not his fault. He knows they are working for free and just wants talks. Chaos reluctantly comes down. Well, Stanley yanks the mic away and yells that the only way to get mic time is to kiss Buff, but he refuses to that. He's the man legit. Kenny is in the ring and listens to Buff and Scotty as Buff calls him stupid and it's recliner time he'll do what he wants when he wants because he is the NWO well match 11 and it's Scott Hall versus Booker T and it is survey time and he mocks Booker T claiming he will take care of him again yeah I mean who can believe Booker T's been so long we haven't seen Booker T in ages have we in WCW we haven't no he was television champion doing well at the start of the year building strong and then ever since the the injury and who would have thought it was Scott Hall that would have done that. So tonight's a little bit of payback between the two men. Well, can you dig it, sucker? Booker. And Scott Hall's been acting drunk recently. He's had his problems elsewhere. There he goes straight to work on Booker T as soon as he gets in the ring. Two sweet here tonight. Booker's in trouble as we look towards the next pay-per-view, which is going to be World War Three. It's coming up and it's scheduled to be Scott Hall 
versus Kevin Nash. A Booker Powell got her up, hangs her up on the top rope. Oh, Booker with a spinning heel kick. Booker means business, and the fans are behind him in this one as well. Scott will trying to catch his breath. Booker T inviting Hall to get back in the ring. Of course, we've got Tony Schiavone with uh, Mike Tanay and Bobby Heenan. And now Booker has got the wrist lock from behind. Scott Hall with an elbow. Hey, I think I just see a tooth go flying out of Hall's mouth. Now Scott Hall with a right hand. Booker's a little bit rocked. Bad blood between each man. Both men looking for an arm drag takedown. But Booker T finally responds with a... Oh, and he gets a two count, though. Two. Well, we've had no Kevin Nash at the moment tonight. I wonder if he's watching Scott Hall. And Booker T takes Scott Hall down with the elbow, but Scott grabs the bottom rope. Very intelligent from the uh, the ring veteran. And Booker T here looking impressive. Where would you put Booker T at this moment in time? Where on the card? I mean, he's fighting Scott Hall, you could argue, as a lower main event guy, you know, part of the NWO. I'd save a lower main event or up a mid-carder. Yeah, I think Booker T most definitely going after the US title now. is something to look for. Former TV champion, of course, multiple-time tag champion. Just takes that Scott Hall there. I reckon he's going to have uh, five, 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 five world championships. So Booker T at this point in time, do you reckon he's a good talent? I think Booker T's a great talent. Dependable and built by WCW. You know, again, people make the case, especially with someone like Scott Hall involved, WF built all the superstars, but Booker T, look at the success he had after he left, went to WWF, and that was thanks to WCW. He wouldn't really, you know, threaten the main event until 2000, but at this time, he's still flirting with main eventers like we talked about. I said flirt too many times then. You see now Booker T's fighting main eventers now. But again, Scott Hall, for all he's worth, he's never held the main event championship. No, and his personal problems. You would imagine a fully fit Scott Hall, you know, the drinking problems that is people, you know, being sick on Bischoff recently and that storyline, bringing real life into it. He just wasn't dependable. And we've seen it with champions even after him, you know, look at people like Enzo More or people like that, just irresponsible champions, irresponsible people who couldn't perform well, either personal problems. And Scott Hall's a classic encounter of that. He could have been a multiple-time world champion if he'd got shit in order. He's the best worker of the kind of NWO group anyway. And Booker T's a great worker. Scott Hall's in control now. As he's just talking with Booker T, slapping the back of his head. Booker fighting back, though, for all he's worth. Booker T now, Irish whip, goes for the dropkick, but Scott Hall holds on to that top rope and hits an elbow. Goes for the cover, but Booker T managing to kick out. Oh, now Scott's got a sleeper on Booker T. It looks like someone's coming down order to the right. Or are they just happy to be on TV? Oh, yeah, look like they're just waving. Fans sit back down Booker T now, jawbreaker. Get some separation between the two. Scott Irish rip reversed by Booker. Comes running in, but leg up. And then a clothesline. Turn the Booker T inside out. Oh, only getting a two count. Two. Wrestling seems a lot slower as well. I think it doesn't help that you just watch 205, but... Nah. You know what I mean? Like, they, Booker T and Scott could work at a quicker pace, but they are taking their time more in this. Maybe it's, I don't know, just a more story-based or just the fact that they didn't have to. I don't think that's the case with Booker T. Now, Scott would have slapped in the back of Booker T's head now, big right hands. Big chop to the chest of Booker T. And a right hand by Scott Hall. He's man to injure Booker T and he's man in control this match at the moment. Irish whip. Booker catches out of the top rope, delivers a kick to the chest of Scott. One to the midsection, looking for his axe kick. Scott holds down. Can Booker capitalise? 
Shots to the midsection. Spinning heel kick takes Scott Hall down. <clears throat> the fans responding to Booker T. Trying to turn it up a little bit. Back body drop. Spinneroon is his way to his feet. And now he's going up top now, trying to finish off Scott Hall. Oh. oh. And Hall pulls the referee in front of Booker T. Takes all of that missile drop kick. Charles Robinson back in. Scott went for the outside his edge, but Booker threw him outside. Robinson's call for the bell. Booker T's won by DQ. Uh, that was the best thing on this episode of Nitro. I apologise, but that was all I could find. Um, a match. <laughs> you know, as you say, during it, it was very slow. Um, <laughs> nothing really impressive throughout it. No, nothing. I'm sorry. Uh, up next, the main event is the last match on this Nitro. It's the Giant versus Lex Luger. Well, it was an awful big man match. The, di- the Giant doesn't care, and Luger hasn't got the talent to make a match. He calls for the rack, and here comes Hart with a piece of railing, and he just clobbers Luger with it, bashing and sm- yeah, Let's have a look at the ba- ba- barricade. You, you might think it's more impressive than it sounds, Dan, but wait until you see it. Look at Lex flexing. It's a Flex Express. The fans are into it, like, I don't get this. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how Lex Luger was ever over. There you go, bring the barricade with him. I mean, that is quite small for safety rails, and it? it's not the biggest one I've ever seen. And now Bret Hart just beating the shit out of Lex Luger. He likes injuring people. He does indeed. There we go. He's going to get him in a sharpshooter. Oh, my God. Two hours and 20 minutes. And out comes Goldberg. Here comes Goldberg, finally, after a three-hour show. Spears through the giant. And a face-off with Bret. He's going to go spear Bret Hart. But he ducks out of the way, and Goldberg catches Luger instead. As we fade, so the best part of the show is the bit where we don't see it. So that's great from WCW there. Uh, yeah, as we go away, Dan, that, that was not a great episode of Monday Nitro, I'm afraid. No, it wasn't. And uh, the problem with Nitro is that it takes too long to hit his stride. It needs to hook viewers better in the first hour. It's just a series of squashes for the most part. Goldberg was nearly a no-show again and just ran down at the end of the show and needs and, and that needs to change. No Hogan, thank fuck. No Nash was a bit baffling, but that's what WCW does. Yeah, that's a shadow of a doubt. Well, episode 165, November 9th. On Thunder, they hyped up Hogan running for president, despite the election being in two years, but whatever. Apparently, Ventura becoming governor made him jealous. Uh, Burned a fire in his ass to run for president. I'm sure this will go absolutely nowhere. We are nearing the pay-per-view and not much has been set up beyond what happened at Havoc. Nothing has really changed. I have no idea if Goldberg is wrestling. The NWO or Wolfpack, I'm guessing Hart and DDP will have a rematch. But other than that, not much has been done. Well, the ratings stayed at 4.1 while Raw won by nearly a point with a 5.0. They hype up Hogan running for president as they do all sorts of Americana like pictures in a montage. Well, they're saying the president will be here tonight. The president of the United States will be here tonight, Dan. Genie's with Bobby and they are in the garage of the arena waiting for Hogan and a couple of limos arrive. Instead... It is the NWO and Wolfpack, and the brawl is on. Hall is stuffed in a garbage can as Conan brandishes a pipe to hold off the giant as security holds them back. And we get highlights of the hitman put Sting and DDP on the shelf. 
And we go to match one, that is Kaz Hayashi versus Juventud Guerrera. Well, they start and Bischoff has come to the announce table and a piece of garbage left in the back to watch for the president as he will be there. He tells Larry to get back to work. The fans call him an arsehole. It was a great back and forth match between the two. Hayashi really underrated and it's our man Kaz in control. But the referee's distracted as Sonny Ono runs in, kicks Kaz in the head and Juve rolls him up for the win. Recap of Nash getting beat up in the locker room by the NWO two weeks ago. And it is straight on to match two. Alex Wright versus Wright orders Penzer to tell the crowd to be completely silent so he can concentrate on his match and they concentrate on his redonkulous penis. The Wolfpack call happens and it stops and Wright is baffled. It stops so he goes back to work but here they come. Well they stop the match and do the introductions. Nash cannot take it anymore. He is tired of the NWO picking off the Wolfpack. And want them tonight. He does not care who it is. Hogan or Hall or anyone. Lex has heard that Bret Hart is in the building. And probably hiding. Lex wants him tonight. Coney's making sure they can take care of the NWO for Sting. He calls him out. And here comes Bischoff. And Nash calls him an estrogen boy. Bischoff responds that they are boring the hell out of him. He warns them to be careful. Because they might just get it. And then they will get it. And calls Nash a princess. And tells them to wait right there. Well, match three is Lodi versus Scott Norton. Well, this is about ten seconds and Norton wins. The Disciple comes down and Shavoni is waiting for him. Who cares? Tony wants to know where he stands and he is his own man and repeats that a few times. Ray, Horace and Vincent come down. Horace tells him to shut his stinking mouth. Horace babbles about... Horace babbles and Disciple threatens him and the NWO puts the boots to him. Horace has the belt and whips him with it and chokes him out. Disciple fights back and now Vincent hits the ring and gets clobbered. Yeah, but Ray puts an end to that and has him in the corner. The warrior rambles to the ring, takes that horse and Vincent with a clothesline and Ray is dumped to the floor. He holds up his OWN shirt and then beats Horace with it. Warrior got quite the pop here. The segment was terrible though. A limo limo ringed by security has arrived and Gene and Bobby are told to leave as this is a restricted area. Gene refuses to leave. A series of stretch limos has arrived. Well, some presidential music plays and out comes Hogan with some bows wrapped around him. Bishop salutes him and he's flanked by security and an American flag unrolls from the rafters and there are balloons and confetti. Gene is in the ring with him. Hogan congratulates Jesse the Mind Ventura and Americans are sick of politics as usual and he wants Minnesota to be put back on track. He blesses him numerous times. Gene asks Eric Bischoff if he agrees with what Hogan said and he does but he wants to move on to bigger and better things. Well, Gene asked if Hogan is really going to run, and Hogan claims his phone rang off the hook. He will return Ventura's call later. He decided that after so many calls that he is going to run for the president. He will give America a brand new start and take everyone into the new millennium. Gene asked what party, and Hogan is in some sort of negotiations, and we need to stay tuned. Bischoff is his manager. Gene slightly asks Hogan if he's a, if he likes a good cigar. Hogan gets serious. I don't smoke. <laughs> well, here comes Bret Hart. Lex got lucky to escape with his last thing to get well soon is there's plenty more where that came from. As far as DDP goes, he's in the hospital right now, trembling and shivering, thanking the mighty God that he did not end his career. He tells him to FedEx the belt back to its rightful owner. Now back to Luger. Bret is finished with him and dished it out to him. Instead, Conan makes him sick. He's going to strap on his knee brace and kick the crap out of him. Everyone is scared of him in the back except the Nitro Girls, and they better start getting scared. Match four versus Ray Mysterio Jr. Absolutely fantastic stuff between the two. It's funny 
but two wrestlers can just mesh and produce great matches every time. Well, Chavo's arrived with Pepe, and he has a shirt that was going to be for Ray. Eddie does not appreciate that, and Ray knocks him into Chavo, and Ray takes a bit of time and finally wraps him up for the win. The LWO stomp on Chavo, but Ray magically recovered, pulls him to safety. And here comes Bischoff. He will not shirk his wrestling respite being Hogan's campaign manager. Flair will not wrestle because he failed his physical. J.J. Dillon overstepped his bounds by fining Scott and Buff. Well, he would like to introduce some attorneys, and here they come. Bischoff's taken an hour to get to the point. An attorney deducted Steiner and Buff's paycheck. He mocks them and wants them to know who they work for. Bischoff kicks all three and then pounds them for a bit and then leaves. And here comes Scotty and Buff. The ref refuses to get into the ring. Steiner has the mic and brags about his prowess with the lady. He is the cream of the crop and can rock their bodies all night long. Buff cackles that he will ref Scotty's matches. Well, Steiner states that Piper is the commissioner and so he's fined for $100,000 his bonus. Piper is too scared to come out. He continues that he's, that he's not such a bad guy and tells WCW to send somebody as he's not leaving until he gives the crowd what they want. And uh, match five is Scott Steiner versus Chris Adams. Well, this will get ugly. Adams is double-teamed right away, and his trick comes out, and they run. Rick is willing to put the tag belts on the line, and will find a partner if the two girls are willing. They accept. I'm sorry, I can't say this with a straight face, but it's Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell versus Rick Steiner and Judy Bagwell. Judy Bagwell. Jesus, she's wearing the belt. Judy ducks a clothesline and decks Buff as he runs to the floor. Rick knocks Scotty to the floor. Buff refuses to fight and Scotty yells at Judy and calls and he wants to slap her. This is not happening tonight as there is no referee. Rick wants a piece and tells him to bring it and wonders if Buff is scared of his mother. Rick throws out a challenge at the pay-per-view. Buff counters that Judy does not have a contract and she responds that she has whipped his butt all his life and at the pay-per-view she will do it again and this time she gets paid. <laughs> yes, Judy Bagwell, one half of the WWE Tag Team Champions. Match seven is Conan versus Bret Hart. Yes, James, it is the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be versus Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bret, uh, Bret tried, but damn, Conan is awful. The ref calls for the bell, but that does not stop Brett. Luger runs down and chases him off. Brett cannot get away and finally does as Lex brandishes the chair. Well, that's not bad, just a brawl. Conan is carted off. Conan is carted Well, Gene calls out Jericho, who was born here, and he's glad he left as this place sucks. Gene informs him that someone is here. If he is talking about Greenberg, that is fine, and now he's 4-0 against him. He asks her to come out and meet him, and he knows that he's not in the building. Well, Gene disagrees, but Ralph has told him that Goldberg was not here. Jericho continues that Goldberg has no guts and will not be here. Goldberg is in the back and led to his locker room. He notices what's going on as he looks at the monitor as Jericho goes off. He always, why is he getting so late to matches for? Do you, you know what I mean? The world champion is getting here and we're nearly into the third hour. And you see Goldberg in his locker room looking at the monitor. Oh my God, Goldberg just brought, broke a door. What the hell? And Goldberg destroying stuff in the locker room. I think he's had enough now. After all this talk, Jericho saying that he's beating Goldberg. He said last week he was fine with it. And now he's calling them out. And here comes the world champion. We saw him for all for 30 seconds last time round. He smells like smoke because he's been through fire. Jericho's gone to meet him in the end. <laughs> Jericho's gone to meet him in the entrance, Ray. But he doesn't know he's there. Well, he <laughs> soon realises he's there as he gets speared inside out by Goldberg, who rips his shirt off. And Goldberg is furious. Sends Jericho to Barry Cade. Have that. Well, there you go. Goldberg sends a message. 
Well, Goldberg sends messages down. What are your thoughts on that? Well, finally, Goldberg gets his hands on Chris Jericho. Yeah, as you said, you know, he turns up really late to events. I don't know what that's down to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really should speak to people. I mean, maybe that's why he's not uh, been around that often, because he's just too long, you know, but still. Well, we go on to the main event, and that is Giant and Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash and Lex Luger. Well, Hall tosses his toothpick at him, so Nash spits on him. Nash drives him into the corner and does his typical offense there. He picks him up, and Hall slides behind, and now he goes on the offensive. He hammers him, but Nash takes him down, and Luger's in the ring and beaten down for a while. Well, Luger dives and makes the hot tag. Hall is popped in the head a couple of times of each one, sending him down. Snake Eyes in the corner, and he leaps on him as he's hung up on the ropes. Giant is booted off the apron. Hall is booted too. The Giant runs in, but Luger clears him out. Bret Hart runs in from behind, clips an ear, Nash, and goes to work on it. Now Hall is joined in. Luger takes out the Giant, and he has a chair and clears out the ring. So Lex Luger is left standing there. But um, another episode of Nitro. Dan, what are your thoughts on it? <coughs> it's just getting worse and worse, isn't it? I mean, you know... It is just old nostalgia wrestlers kind of getting a highlight over younger ones that deserve it. Yeah, well, the Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero match was great, you know, and of course we saw Alex Wright's penis. Uh, but like you said, with, with Hogan now obviously running to be the president, kind of taken away from in the ring, and Jericho just to be used by that as well is a little bit disappointing, do you know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. We move on, episode 166, November 16th. Yes, again, Nitro got plastered in the ratings, only garnering a 3.9 in head-to-head hours for a 4.3 overall, while Raw got an amazing 5.5 for the night after the Survivor Series. So this is what WSW is competing against the night after Survivor Series, after the deadly game, which we're going to get on in a little bit. Uh, no more Warrior. Warrior has claimed that he was promised a contract and was not given one, and that Hogan just wanted to get the win. Bischoff claims he was injured and demanded too much money. Once again, it is controversial with the Warrior. Well, no more Jericho and Goldberg either, and that is disappointing as that was entertaining. At least we have a match on Nitro. Goldberg does not really wrestle on pay-per-view, so it would, so it would not have hurt anybody. Jericho thinks that Hogan and Bischoff got in his ear. Also, that Bischoff getting over. Have Goldberg come out and destroy him at the pay-per-view in either a scheduled or impromptu matches? The build for it was perfect as fans would have seen Jericho get destroyed after months of heckling. This was the major reason, major, major reason, reason, he left, but also his perennial mid-card status. And while he would play that role in WWF, he was treated as an upper mid-carder until 2001 and go back and forth from main event until that role. So WWE should have figured out getting him in a US title hunt. Oh, and offering him money before he wanted to leave as well. Yes, and a cavalcade of limos being escorted by police. And match one is Juventud Guerrera versus Billy Kidman for the Cruiserweight Championship. So, oh, this should be a humdinger. Yes, it really should be. You know, Hopefully with Juventud, we see what he can do. And Billy Kidman before Cruiserweight title <sighs> on the line. St. WCW offer that WF still haven't got, even though at the moment Raw is pissing over Nitro in the rage. You can see why the past couple of weeks, but the first, you know, the last... Raws before Survivor Series wasn't all that, was it? You know, it was just an eventual build. Let's see if WSW can respond here tonight. Both men lock up. Both men trying to head scissors, gets out of it. Nice flip up by Kidman. And Kidman working a side headlock on Juve, trying to wear him down. The Juice managing to fight out and return it. And return it and reverse it. Well, Hooven 2 is a great worker, and we've seen it. You know, it's proof these past couple of years we've been watching the podcast of how good he is, and I think Kidman. He's very underrated as well as he gets slammed down. Managing to dodge that. 
leapfrog. It's too quick to call sometimes. Could have been with a go behind. Roll up a tenth from Juice. Two. Oh, Ooh, only getting a two count. Two. Both men back up and BK bomb there by Kidman. <laughs> Look at Hoovy selling it. Wriggling out the ring. Oh, Hoovy's finally managed to get up in the apron, but Kidman's caught him. Brings him back in the hard way with a suplex. Now Kidman slamming down Hoovy. Oh, leg drop over the top rope. Kidman goes for a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. Now he goes back onto that side headlock or reverse rear headlock. Hoover managed to get to his feet, but Kidman rakes the eyes. Now Irish whipping. Guerrero to the other corner. Billy Kidman certainly has got the momentum after leaving the flock. Oh my god, and Juice now jumps up, trying to get him in the head scissors. Manages to take him down, and Juice has got better since he lost his mask. Well, exactly, so both men have lost stuff recently or left things behind and definitely improved their careers. Both young men here in WSW. Irish reverse, Hoovy jumps over Kidman. Big chop by Hoovy, and the fans are behind him here. Irish reverse by Kidman. Oh, Tiltwell has his takedown by the juice. So it's Kidman up in the corner. And Kidman managing to get to his feet. Now we go up in the corner for punches. One for luck there as he delivers 11 punches to the head of Kidman. And Kidman looking to regain the cruiserweight title. Irish whip into the corner. Kid- <laughs> Kidman dropped Hoover on the apron. Hung up Kidman. Now he's going up. Flying crossbody. One, two. Oh. Ooh. Kidman managing to kick out. Ah, uh, Hoovy's frustrated by that. It was a big time move. Kidman sending Hoovy onto the apron. Hoovy landing on it, but gets caught with a drop kick sent to the out, sent to the Finn mats outside. How thin are those mats? Well, James, this is going back to the late nineties, so they're going to be even thinner than the wafer thin ones we see nowadays. And Kidman comes down after beautiful land on his feet. Takes out Hoovy in the process. Kidman's improved month and month. Rolls Hoover back in, goes for the cover, but Hoover kicks out. <laughs> oh, so later on we're getting Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit. Is that mini Chris Benoit, mini Chris Benoit? No, not mini Chris Benoit, normal size, killer Chris Benoit. <laughs> we don't know if he did that. Come on, give the man some respect. Now Hoover's been worn down by Kidman and that sleeper for a little while. Back to his feet, but Kidman responded with shots to the face. Oh, oh. looking for the flying cross body. He gets ducked by Hoover too, though, sent to the outside. Well, not only did he hit those wafer thin mats, but also Barry Cade. Hooven 2's going to go up top. Oh, my God. Here he comes. Oh, with a splash. Taking out Kidman. Hoover's been in control now. Throws Kidman back in. Slams him down. Goes back on the apron. Springboard's off the top rope. Drops a leg. Hurts himself. And it looks that way. He's in a bit of trouble at the moment. Can't get over to get a pin. Now he finally does. Two. Oh, oh. only a two count. Two. Must have given himself a bit of a Charlie horse. Now Kidman back to his feet, working over Hoovy. Another Irish reverse, Hoovy going for a splash. Kidman dodges, runs into a big boot by Hoovy low, and he just slams him down. Now Hoovy going to run up. Wheelbarrow into a bulldog. Kidman might be out, Hoovy rolls over. To, oh, Kidman manages. Oh. Hoovy now. Looking for the Hoovy driver. Just going to go powerbomb him up. No, Kidman turns it to a face buster. And Kidman couldn't keep Hoovy down there. Now Irish whip again to Hoovy. And just throws Kidman to... Oh. Wheelbarrow German suplex there. Kidman on Hoovy. But Hoovy still managed to kick out. Uh. And the fans into this every step of the way. Kidman again, German suplex. Hoovy landing on his feet. Delivering a hoop. Hits it. Can he get the cover? 
One, two. Oh, oh, but Kidman just managing to kick out. Oh. Well, Hoover was slipping back on that, which made it easier for Kidman to get the shoulder up. And I think Hoover can't believe it. Hoover with a chop put Kidman on the top right. Was that a low blow from Kidman? Yeah, look that way. And the BK bomb off the top. But still not enough to keep the juice down. Oh, my. And now Kidman rolls Hoover in position. Look to go up. Shooting star press. Oh, Hoover up, crutching Kidman on the top. Now, Hoover looking to go out. He loves to use the 450. Kidman in all sorts of trouble. Hits it. Two. Three. And we've got a new cruiserweight champion. Hooven to Guerrero has won. Who would have thought it? Unbelievable stuff there. And Kidman's got all the belt. Hoover's the winner, but Kidman's not happy. Kidman hands it over to Hoover. Oh, and that is brilliant. Respect, men. Kidman's showing what Hoover's all about. Dan, what did you think of that match? I thought it was a bloody good match between the two. I'm not sure about the uh, the low blow and what happened there. But now both these guys pulled out their ass and uh, if I was watching this from the start, I would probably turn over because that's the peak of what this show's going to get. Yeah, well, you say that tonight, WSW are going to put a lot on the line. And match two is Wrath versus Raven. Well, Raven will not be <coughs> Raven will not be told what to do and refuses to wrestle. Canyon wants to know what is wrong with him. He tells Raven that he has that he gets enough airtime and needs to snap out of it. Canyon will take the match. He does his thing and is utterly wiped out with a meltdown. Um. Okay. Poor Canyon. Well, here comes Glacier, and I guess his opponent is Canyon. I'm glad it was not a match. Well, here Canyon versus Glacier. Raph follows Glacier into the ring and gives him a meltdown. Now Raph has left after the break. Canyon finishes it off with the flatliner, and we get a replay of Hogan arriving at Imu's studio. He talks about a flat tax. He talks about a flat tax before going in. Bischoff is there, and it's quite the crowd. Hogan may not always like Ted Turner, but he always pays up, and he presents a check for his charity. He challenges him too. Out of all these plastic politicians, and can put the country straight. Match for Sonny Ono versus Masks Dude. Well, Sonny paid him off, but the man still shoves him down. He unmasks, and it's Hayashi. No crowd response. Sonny tries to escape as a cat goes as Kaz goes after him. The cat runs down and kicks Kaz. Cat calms down the Ono with a slap and he enters the ring getting the win. And match five is Stevie Ray and Horace versus Dean Malenko, Steve McMichael. Well poor Dean Malenko for having to be in this match. Well Arn Dex Vincent, he has broken down the ring. Ray uses a slapjack on Mongo and Arn has had enough and brings a tire iron in play clearing the ring. Well, the fans were hot for the horsemen, but they should beat this NWO team cleanly. Dillinger's come down and wants the tire iron. Gene calls out Flair. Gene wonders if Double A has been kicked out of the building. Flair states that he's been taken to jail due to the coward Bischoff. Mongo is in hospital, but Flair is not worried. Flair wants to talk about tradition, and Bischoff does not have any. He would hit him so hard if he was a man that his two nipples would end up on his back. Flair did not save all his money because he is a horseman. He will fight tonight or some night. He introduces Barry Windham. Barry is a real wrestler, something Eric Bischoff would know nothing about. Gene is not sure if Bischoff knows he is in the building. Well, Barry babbles but does mention the horseman. Barry's here now and they're about tradition. Flair says something and here comes Bischoff. He reminds Barry that he's fired from a couple of years ago. Flair's not allowed to hire anybody and spend Ted's money, but he's allowed to. 
Flair states he can spend his own money and Barry's going to tear up his girlfriend tonight. Flair tells Liz to be ready because Barry Windham is in town. Is there a bit of history between Windham and Liz? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. And match six is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Well, Eddie admits that Rey beat him with some help, but the LWO needs him and he respects him. He knows that Rey beat him. If Eddie wins, Rey joins, but if not, Eddie is done. And despite what him in the LWO, he will leave him alone. Eddie agrees and they, they will part as friends. So no matter what here, if Rey wins, then he is out of the LWO and he gets left alone by Eddie. And of course, if Eddie wins, Rey is right back in La Raza. But we talked about them facing off last week and just great chemistry between the two. It just clicks sometimes, doesn't it, in, in wrestlers? Dan, why is that, do you reckon? Oh, well, I think, you know, they, they're good friends on and off screen. They're, they've got a lot of history together and I think that just helps. You know, they've had many, many wrestling matches together and, uh, you know, it's just something that clicks. And, you know, we even go to see them in the WWE when they've had some great matches as well. Yeah, and I think maybe the WWE matches were... A little bit better than the WWE ones, only because they're both young and what they could do in the ring. I mean, just look at the open exchange there between the two. The tilt a well by Ray and, you know, into the 6-1-9 position, missing out on his shoulders as well. Backflipped into the ropes. So do you think this uh, World Order thing has gone a bit too far now? You've had, like, the NWO black and white. You needed something to counter it, so the Wolf Pack. And now you've got the Latino, you've got the One Warrior, or you had the One Warrior Nation. You, we're going to go on to have like the Blue World Order at some point. In yeah, Blue World Order is around in professional wrestling right now, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. But at the LWO, you know, it's just trying to give Eddie Guerrero something to do and not push him up the card. He's still playing with the cruiserweights, you know. And if you look at Jericho, yeah, he's getting speared by Goldberg. But at least he's moved up the card a little bit. Same with Booker T's wrestling Scott Hall. I thought Eddie Guerrero could have moved up. And I think the same with Rey Mysterio as well. You know, he's been around a few years now as Rey. I think both of these men could be feuding over the US title, and I think that would make sense now, you know, rather than having... Don't get me wrong, I like DDP and Bret, what about Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio versus Bret Hart? You know, you talk about kind of dream matches, so to speak, and they had the talent at the time. It just wasn't used correctly, but these two could always have a great match, and look at that, Rey Mysterio on the top rope. Springboards off the top <laughs> rope into a DDT, and even the referee looks stunned at that. <laughs> Goes for the cover. But Eddie managing to kick out. Oh. So we had a great match early in Kidman versus Guerrero. Now another one in Mysterio versus Guerrero. Well, he misses that um, kind of whisper in the wind type manoeuvre, but Eddie sells it as if he got hit in the ass. He might have dislocated the hip there. Eddie in a bit of trouble. And Ray trying to capitalise now. Oh, one man flapjack to Mysterio, though. Now Ray Mysterio calls 20 years later back in the WWE. And Eddie comes running in. Oh, and Mysterio throws him over the top rope. I think he landed a bit awkwardly there. Ray going to go on the apron now. Follow up. That's how you moonsault. A lot of props there to Eddie for catching him so Ray Mysterio didn't come feet first onto Barry Kay. Looked like an idiot did with crushed his shins. And now Ray throws Eddie back in. Springboard back up. Drop kick. Sends Eddie straight out to the straight out the ring the other side. And now he's getting helped out by oh, Ray. 6-1-9 there. Gets his legs swept from underneath him. Referee didn't see it. And now Eddie back up. He's looking to finish Ray off. Powerbomb. Goes for the cover, but now he's getting distracted. Here comes him into Guerrero. Oh! Accidentally hits Ray board leg drop. He's going after Eddie, and now Eddie throws Hoovy out. He's got him in position. Hits the frog splash. One, two, three. Well, there we go. Eddie Guerrero beats Ray Mysterio. Dan, what do you think? 
it probably wasn't one of their best matches, but you can still see that these guys have brilliant, brilliant in-ring chemistry. Yeah, I mean, Hoovy is stunned, and the elder Ray puts a shirt on Ray, and they hoist him up. Well, Judy Bagwell is in the hospital due to Scotty. She's whining at Buff about that. I missed some of what she said, but who really cares? Well, match seven is Chavo Guerrero versus Scott Patsky. It was a boring match until Bam Bam Bigelow comes out. Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, we've got interesting facts about Bigelow. We're giving it to you in a little bit, but he's here now on Nitro, and he's going right after Scott Putsky and Chavo Guerrero. One thing we know, he's not contracted to WCW at this point. Powerball to Putsky. Now he's got Chavo. <laughs> Snake eyes. Look like a gorilla press into that top turnbuckle. And the fans responded to Bigelow, and he's here. And what's he want? He's got Mike, and he wants Goldberg. He has just called out Goldberg. And the fans shout Goldberg. Bam, bam's here. Uh oh. Bischoff, JJ Dillon, and all the cronies come out. Bischoff saying you're out here. Bam, bam wants Goldberg. JJ's got in the ring now. He's saying you disrupt a live television show. Get out. Why is Bam Bam here? Commentators putting over how dangerous Bam Bam Bigelow is. Look how many policemen are here. And the fans cheering now. And here comes Goldberg. Well, if someone's going to get him out of the ring, there's one man that definitely could. Well, here comes Goldberg. And look at all the people. 40 men in there, Dan. At least 60 to 80 men in there. (laughs) All trying to break up Goldberg and Bam Bam against each other. And he just can't. The fans chant Goldberg. This is definitely different. Someone just showing up and calling Bill out. And Goldberg and Bam Bam. Bischoff can't control this at the moment. And he wants to see JJ Dillon. In. Uh-oh. Poor old JJ. And he's speaking to Dillon now. After the break. Bischoff has fired JJ Dillon. He's been the authority figure around here for what's a couple of years. And now after all that, he's been fired. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, you can't fire him. He's quit. Nailed it, JJ Dillon. So Bischoff is power hungry. He's fired Dillon because of the Bam Bam fiasco. What do you think of Bam Bam Bigelow just showing up out of nowhere, Dan? Um, yeah, again, it's another old talent coming back to make people look stronger, I think. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens as the show goes on. Match 7, Conan. Well, Saturn has the mic and does not like the fact that Conan interrupted his match wanting to take care of family business. When in fact Conan wanted to hype himself up during Saturn's time and he does not appreciate that and challenges him. Well thankfully interrupting the match, Gene is with Bischoff and the latter is explaining explaining, and the latter is explaining his reasons for firing JJ. Bischoff explains that Bigelow does not work for WSW and he will not be at the pay-per-view. Goldberg as a champ has more important things to deal with. Goldberg comes out and wants a piece of Bigelow tonight and he grabs Bischoff and forces him to agree. Bischoff bangs with his dressing room door in order to try and change his mind after Goldberg leaves. So tonight we're getting Bam Bam versus Goldberg. Well, back to the match and the LWO gets involved and Conan goes after them. They pull Saturn to the floor and beat him up. Conan goes out to help Saturn, so Saturn thanks him with a punch to the head and then tears into the LWO. Too bad Shivani had 14 orgasms during Bigelow and his potential match against Goldberg. Well, Saturn chases off the LWO. Conan is on the mic declaring their match is not over and Saturn agrees and he runs back and destroys Conan. The refs finally pull him off. Recap of Nash and Hall dispute. And here comes Buff and Steiner with a cheerleading official. Buff states that with all the money the NWO brings in, they bought their ref. 
the difference between his ref and WCW refs is that they would still be tag champs. They have him count as a proper free count, and he goes, and he does so with exaggerated gestures. Steiner goes off on one of his promos, calling the men fat and how ladies want him. He is called Superman, and here's a hookup. Scotty is happy that Buff approved of him hitting his mother, proving they are friends for life. Well, they're bringing Steiner's mum, a man dressed up as his mum. Buff is given permission to beat her up and does so and then pins her. Rick comes down and chases them off him to leave as this is their segment. Rick tears the clothes off the woman and yells the obvious that this is not his mother. Norton decks Rick from behind and Scotty and Buff join the fun. Norton is choking out. The ref counts the pin. <clears throat> and we get match eight, which is Bobby Duncan Jr. versus Chris Jericho for the WCW title. Well, Jericho has controlled most of the match and suplexes Duncan. He puts his foot on him and gets a one count. One. Duncan shown a little bit of talent and gets the advantage over Jericho, who heads to the floor and just leaves and is counted out. Well, fun match at times. I guess they have some lower mid-card plans for Duncan as they hyped up the match. More confetti and balloons. Hogan thanks everyone and claims that this is the greatest week of his life. Hollywood is the only man to lead the country and thanks everyone again for embracing him. He calls out his campaign manager, claiming it is Monica Lewinsky. Well, she congratulates him and states that everyone knows the president loves a good cigar and so they have a long embrace and maybe a kiss and an upset-looking Bischoff comes down. Well, Hogan settles Bischoff down about Goldberg and Hogan will be on top again and take the belt from him, bringing it home. Here comes Scott Hall and he, he discussed the NWO saying that you guys said it was for life. Hall wants to know where Bischoff's head is at. Well, Bischoff counters that is basically Hall with the issues and now it's not time and place to air that dirty laundry. Hall disagrees, but Bischoff wants to deal with it later. He tells Hall to beat it. Let's see how Hall responds to beating it. The whole now gets sent away. Oh! Dex Bischoff with a big right hand. Well, Bischoff's night is not getting any better. Just knocked down there. Oh, and Hogan steps up for his man. Oh, Mr. President. You can see all the balloons around and the American flag in the background. Well, Hogan is a real American. Well, he's got... The President has got Scott Hall, who's in serious trouble now. And who are the fans cheering for? Oh, and Nash comes down to make the save. Kevin Nash is here. And the original NWO at the moment, all staring off at each other. Hogan Ash. Bischoff's still a little bit queer. And now both men stare at each other. Interesting times here on Nitro. Uh, up next, it's Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit. And Benoit going straight to Bret. Not mucking around here. Kick to the midsection. Big back elbow. Oh my God, what a matchup it is between Benoit and Bret. Well, two of the greatest technical wrestlers of their era. And it's the first time they're wrestling in WCW. They wrestled once back when Benoit was a young lad in Canada. But this is the first proper meeting between the two. The two great technical wrestlers. And Benoit has got the four horsemen on his trunks. Snap suplex. He's got the crippler on him as well. Go for the cover. Brett gets shot up at two. Two. Well, Benoit was first called the crippler after he through Sabu and made him land on his neck in ECW back in about 94. Benoit's been working his way up the card in WCW. Another guy who might be finally making that move up into the upper mid card. Bret Hart, in what we thought was the main event, of course, we've apparently got Goldberg and Bam Bam still to come as well tonight. Well, it may or may not happen. We yeah. cannot confirm nor deny. And when you throw in the Ray Eddy match that we've seen, the Hoovy versus Kidman match as well. It's been a great night for Nitro. It has indeed. We'll see if they can uh, recover in the ratings war. 
Benoit goes for the cover. Brett Madgen to get shown up at two. Two. So, do you reckon there was many fans flip-flopping between the two shows? I think there was a few, yeah. And I think this is the difference between WF and WCW. With WF, they always had like Vincent Mann and Austin coming out at the start. So, you hook them right at the beginning. Because you knew you might see them throughout the night. And that was worth it until the main event. Whereas WCW, you don't really know what's going to happen. And even Bobby Heenan said that with Bam Bam. was like, you know, Nitro, things just happen for no reason. There's no kind of story set to it of like... This is what's going to happen here on this. I mean, Bret Hart's been the kind of the face of the weeks, you know, taking out people. But where's Hogan been? Where's Nash been? What the fuck's happened to Goldberg? He's meant to be the champion. Whereas on Raw, Austin is the guy. And after what's happened at the Survivor Series, we're going to find out how he responds to that as well. Do you know what I mean? So Raw, even though I think Nitro at the moment is better head-to-head, overall the storytelling, you know, Raw kind of beats it hands down. Well, again, you, you know, you don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, you had this whole Jericho Goldberg thing. Jericho is bragging that he's won four and zero over Goldberg. Goldberg comes out, spears him, and then that's it. Yeah, you kind of like, oh, okay, right. So I guess that's it. But where's Goldberg going? Then the Bam Bam thing, calling him out. You're like, okay, right. So we've got a pay per view coming up. You know, on the Sunday, is, is Bam Bam going to be a part of that? You know, what's, what's going to happen there? We just don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. If WF had a pay-per-view on Sunday, we saw the build-up to Survivor Series, didn't we? And what happened at Survivor Series compared to what's happening now. We've got Starcade just over a month away, you know, their biggest event. And we're still not sure what the main event's going to be there. Hogan's going for president at this time as well, which is taken away. Well, the presidency isn't up for another two years, so we've got, you know, a long he, while for this storyline to go. He hasn't even got a party either, to be fair. So, And we know we've got the finger, do- finger poke of doom around the corner as well. Oh, joy. And Brett just dastardly working on Benoit. And you can see all the um, confetti that's come down from Hogan being on Benoit's back. And Brett's, to be fair, as he's, Brett's just choking him out. See, I'm, I'm not sure of uh, Hill Brett. I just don't, I, you know, again, since he's joined WCW, I haven't seen any good matches from him. No, he seemed to have to turn Hill to actually get involved in storylines. But we want him to wrestle like Brett Hart, not like the WCW guys do, you know? It seems like he's definitely... Um, Taking a page out of Hogan's book. Yeah, exactly. He's slowing down. I think everybody is at the moment in WCW. You saw it about Booker T last week with Scott Hall, you know. Ben Wilder definitely go in the ring. Gets caught with a big boot by Brett, though. And Brett going up to the top. I mean, the horseman had been back for two, three months, and yet we've not seen him wrestle. You know, we've not seen Flair around. We've, not, we've seen Flair around, but not wrestling. Why has the horseman not challenged the NWO or anything like that? What is their agenda for being back? Exactly, yeah. Benoit sitting his throat. And if Hogan's away now, what's happening to the NWO black and white? As Benoit's going up, looking to put away Brett. Hits a diving headbutt. Benoit, affected a little bit by that, now goes for the cover. But Brett kicking out. Uh And now chopped by Benoit. Kaiser's him over the top. Benoit's going to go for a suicide dive. Yeah, roll no. Baseball slide. Brett dodged it, though. Now he's got a chair. Uh-oh. Got caught up in the wires. And Ben Barr chasing Brett down. Brett slides into the ring with a chair. Oh! Ben Barr just punches it into Brett's face. Is it disqualification? I don't think so. Well, Brett brought... Oh, my God. Brett brought the chair into the match. And now Ben Barr's the one with a chair. Oh, referee stops him, though, from using it. Oh, Brett catches him with a low blow. The ref doesn't see it because the chair was blocking it. Oh, come on, ref. You should have realised. And then Brett's saying, nah. Now he's got the chair. 
And he wants to hurt Benoit. Oh, my God. Disqualification. The referee calls for the bell, and Benoit does win. Brett's been a killer recently. Well, <laughs> so from Joyce word, but he's taken out Sting. Uh, he's taken Lux Luger, Benoit. So where are the rest of the four horsemen to come and save their man? Uh, yeah. DDP's another one. I mean, where's the horseman, though? Referee pushed down. And now Brett's going to continue his attack. So Brett plays off the low blow, and then two seconds later hits him with a steel chair. Oh, and here's uh, Dean Malenko. Yeah, Malenko's come out here. The horseman to help Brett. Stomping him in a corner. And Brett getting out of harm's way. Well, the horsemen are here to help. Brett Hart walks away. Well, the damage is done, so I guess he'll be leaving. So we've got left of the show. Is <laughs> yeah. it long enough to have... Well, I suppose it's long enough to have five Goldberg matches, but mm. Brett makes his way back to the ring. And as Malenko's back was turned, Brett attacks him. Well, beating him up from behind. Brett is making Malenko and Benoit pay. He's taking two other men out now. Now he's got the chair again. Brett is definitely snapped here. Now he's got the chair, but oh my God. DDP's back in the ring. DDP is back from hospital as well. Pounds away at Brett. Eliminates Brett from the Royal Rumble. Oh my God, Brett's in trouble. And Paige is back. And he's not finished yet. Leaves on the outside to get Brett. Throws him kind of into slash over the stairs. Brett runs away. And Paige is back with a bang. And he wants a microphone. The fans are up as DDP limps around the ring and asks Wichikar what is up. He wants to know where Brett is going and he asks him to bring this home and Brett turns around cursing at him and leaves again. DDP puts Hart on the same level as Hogan. The same goes for Savage too. Not sure where that came from. Now it is the hit scum Hart. He wants Hart to come and get the belt. It does not matter how many times he gets knocked down, he will get up. Before Dylan was fired, he got a contract for the pay-per-view and challenges Brett. Wow. And here comes Bigelow. Well, Bam Bam had been in ECW the previous two years and held the world title for a time. In fact, he was at the ECW November to Remember pay-per-view on November the 1st, just two weeks ago. So that's why WF signed uh, non-compete clauses now, so this doesn't happen. Just imagine in ECW two weeks ago, now showing up a Nitro to face the world heavyweight champion with two minutes left to go. <laughs> well, there's just over a minute left. The world heavyweight champion ready for action now. No, I didn't. Well, the police are coming out here surrounding Goldberg for his protection. No, James, it's not for his protection. It's for the protection of everyone. Well, well, bam, bam, Bigelow might need that because Goldberg is ready now. He's sitting to deal with Jericho now. He's going to face Bam Bam. He's waiting for the fireworks and the wall of fire that Goldberg stands in. And here he comes. Ah! Oh! And Bigelow straight off the bat comes out to attack Goldberg. And he's right after Goldberg. Goldberg now fighting back. Going after Bam Bam. Goldberg hasn't even got the belt off yet. And they're both men just brawling around. Oh, Bam Bam into the side. And now Goldberg looking at the right, lights and lefts and the kicks. Oh, and here comes security now. Trying to break him up. This match hasn't officially started. Just let him fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Well, they're either going to try and get him in the ring or uh, keep him apart, but we're enough out of time here. 
Yeah, I mean, that is it. Now, that was an enjoyable show. They had a great match to start with, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, if I had a choice between 20 minutes of talking on Raw or a near 20-minute match to start Nitro, I would choose the latter every time. Well, I just looked, James, and Warrior got a million dollars for that one match. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Hogan's gone for a while, and Kevin Nash is officially the booker. Not... No. Oh boy, this would be the fourth and final World War Three pay per view. Let's Not take a look. Break it down. <laughs> so we are from Auburn Hills, Michigan, USA, at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Attendance seventeen thousand six hundred and seventy. It's the twenty second of November. And of course, Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike today on commentary are pay per view by five. So let's run through the card quickly. Raph pinned Glacier, 8.22 seconds. That's too quick. <laughs> well, the first match was Raph, and he pinned Glacier within 8 minutes and 22 seconds. Stevie Ray beat Conan via disqualification at 6.55. Ernest the Cat Miller and Sonny Ono beat Perry Saturn and Kaz Hayashi when Ono pinned Saturn. Billy Kidman pinned Juventud Guerrero at 15.27 to win back the Cruiserweight title. Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. And Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. Uh, so we're going to get, well, Rick Stein versus Scott Stein. We've been waiting for this, Dan, haven't we? Like we said, since February, we've not had a proper one-on-one match. This was scheduled for the tag team titles, but it's now turned to Rick versus Scott. Scott is out here. I'm sure there'll be no shenanigans whatsoever with this match, Dan. What do you reckon? Oh, in this no, match? no, it's going to be a clean match, a clean finish, and we're going to get a decisive victory. Hang oh, on a minute. Oh, wait a minute. We'll go to the back, and looks like Stevie Ray, Vincent... Brian Adams and the Giant are beating up Rick Steiner. Well, can I just point out that that is a Yale gas forklift truck, one of the best forklift trucks going. Yes, but I always go Toyota. And now the Giant is bringing up Rick Steiner here as Buff is the buffoon on the microphone and you can see NWO's own referee there. They are a horrible group of men. And they're bringing Rick out here to the slaughter. Well, it's for life, isn't it? As They're just beating him up. Rick's taking his jacket off. And now Buff just picking him up. Well, after they beat up Judy Bagwell, for goodness sake. They're going after Rick Steiner now, and the NW always got one up. And it makes the faces look like fucking idiots every time they're outsmarted. WWE have a habit of doing it this time round as well, during this time, where only Hills can be the smart one. And that's not how it works, you know. It, it's it, Rick Steiner's look weak. This is for February, we've been wanting a one-on-one match. And we've not had it properly due to all the bullshit that has been going on. And it turns people off after seeing a payoff. That's why you invest your time for. Most definitely, yeah. Rick dodges the Steiner line. Oh, and Rick's trying to finally get his way back into the match. Well, he knocks Buff off the apron. The fan's definitely behind him. He's got one-armed man in an ass-kicking contest. Takes out the NWA ref. Oh, and gets delivered with a low blow. I mean, it's unfortunate the ref didn't actually see that. <laughs> yeah, because the ref would have done something about it. And now Scott working over now. Right hands to his brother. You know, we compare papers. You watch the series. Deadly game! And even though there was a few shit matches, it all told a story, didn't it? This is not telling a story. This is just them outsmarting Rick Steiner yet again. And even Tony Ronnie saying, like, I just wish one time we could see it. Well, Tony Schiavone's not the only one. <laughs> Everyone wishes that, but unfortunately, if the NWO's involved and it's a WCW match, no chance. Yeah, that is true, unfortunately. 
But Goldberg is making his way out here. Oh, he's Goldberg. not even in this pay-per-view. No, he's not got an official match. But stop Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner says to him, you're number one, pal. And he says, uh, fudge you, mother fudger. <laughs> oh, and he strikes Goldberg. Big mistake. And he's beating down Irish whip. And a spear by Goldberg. <clears throat> and what happens after the spear, Dan? Well, James, Goldberg gets hit in the back of a chair. <laughs> Buff Bagwell. Goldberg... No sells it. The referee jumps on the back of Goldberg. I think he's going to regret that as he gets thrown over Goldberg's shoulder. Oh, my God. Goldberg picks up the NWA ref literally above his head. How strong is Goldberg? Send him into the full throw. Oh! He sends him into the second <laughs> ring and all the way across that. Well, there's three rings set up here for the Battle Royal. And Goldberg's there. And he's not on the card, but he comes out here. Shows he's popular, but WSW again, not delivering on Rick versus Scott. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Stupid, isn't it, really? <laughs> it was stupid, WSW's kind of problems when it comes to that. It's great to see Goldberg, but unfortunately, you know, you, you're missing out on, on, on so many things. You haven't Goldberg at the card, if it was against Jericho, or even if it was against, you know, um, Bam Bam Bigelow, as we've seen, who is in attendance here tonight. It just kind of doesn't really make much sense. But at least they won't fuck us over in our next match. Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. Well, James, the match between Nash and Hall was cancelled after Eric Bischoff came out and ordered Vincent, Scott Norton, the Giants, Stevie Ray and Brian Adams to attack Hall. Nash then came out and <sighs> saved Hall from the beatdown. Fucking hell. All right. So I guess we're not then. So still, it's silly. Uh, up next, WWE TV chat. Chris Jericho pinned Bobby Duncan Jr., at 13 minutes and 19. And James, we go on to the whole point of this pay-per-view, and that is World War Three. Yeah, we have 60 superstars here, WSW stars. 60, yeah, I wouldn't say superstars. <laughs> I mean, there's probably about five superstars in the whole thing. Yeah, and it's, if nobody's ever seen it before, WWE, uh, WSW's attempt against the Royal Rumble was to have three rings in place. It started in 1995, with 60 men involved, 20 in each ring, uh, and then boiling it down once they get eliminated to just go to one ring and to see who gets a shot. This time, the winner will get an opportunity at Goldberg, at Starcase. So it kind of makes a little bit of sense now, doesn't it? You know, we know who's going to be challenging Goldberg after this. If you've never seen one of these matches before, it is a clusterfuck as it comes because you you can't keep a track of 60 people fight each other. Originally, they used to have three commentators, but they used to talk with uh, three commentator teams, but they talked over each other. But now it's just one set. Here we go. We'll, we'll talk about all the talent that is in this. We can see Scott Hall already. I can see Mongo in ring one alongside Hooven 2 Guerrero. Hang on, we switch now quickly. Yes, we've got La Parker, uh, Nash. Kevin Nash. Yeah, Nash is in this one. Uh, I can't really see. Charles Robinson's in charge. Norman Smiley, Lair, Lenny Vincent. Lane. Uh, there's Silver King. Uh, uh, Lodi. Oh, yeah, Lodi's in there the as Kat. well. Kaz Hayashi. Oh, sorry, oh, hang on, ring two. two. No, hang, no. On. Ring. hang on, is this ring three or ring, ring two? Ring two now. Eddie Guerrero's in there. Chris Benoit. Yeah. Perry Satin. Uh, we've got Giant in there as well. I've not seen Lex Luger yet. Jericho's in there. There we go. Ring three now. Norman Smiley's gone. Oh, oh. my pick to win it. And there's Super Calo getting eliminated by Nash. Lodi's going to go for the third person to be eliminated in a second. Nash is on a fire at the moment. Takes Liz Mark Jr. over the top. 
That's four. This is five. That's Scott Putsky gone. And, well, just like that, he takes away about a quarter of the field there in ring well, three. Well, there's 51 wrestlers left. <laughs> there's a counter, thankfully, in the left-hand corner. 50. Oh, wait a minute. Lenny Lane went there, yeah. Johnny Swinger went then. Silver King just got rocked by Nash. Oh, well, Dandy oh, goes. Dandy's gone. Oh, he was one of my picks. And now Nash has just dropped the ring three. The park is in there. Oh, there's uh, Lex Luger. He's in ring two. The giant hasn't even moved from ring one. He <laughs> yeah. just stood in the corner. Alex Wright and his enormous penis is in no, trouble. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Stays in. His penis helps Well, he him. wrapped his dung around the top <laughs> rope. Oh, my God. And Nash is just in complete control of ring three. So it doesn't matter if you... And Mike Enos has eliminated someone. Enos is gone. And Van Hammer's left in there with Nash. Nash has dominated this. And there's only two people left in ring three. But you've got to wait until it gets down to 20 to join. Well, it's Nash and Van Hammer left in the ring. And Nash with a big boot. And he's... <laughs> Nash has completed ring three. He has indeed. <laughs> he can take a break now. He can move on to ring two if he wants. He stayed there. Ring once. The field is, is shortened as well now. Alex Wright's in trouble again by the Giant. Oh, but again, saves himself. Charvo's in there as well. He's keeping his uh, he's keeping to himself. Guerrero. Guerrero's getting beaten down by Saturn. And Benoit's in there as well. The Giant hasn't done a thing. And the Ring 2, I think, has got the most people in. Oh, Conan's in there. Oh, the lay. And now I can see Canyon there as well. There's Psychosis off the top, gets caught by Scott Hall. Fall away <laughs> slam over the top rope. And he's gone as well. That's Kidman now, I just saw delivering a drop kick. And Kaz Hayashi right in front of us says Wrath with Mongo. <laughs> so we've got Mongo and Conan in the same ring. <laughs> T's in there as well. Oh, dig that. The cat. Scott Stein is there, Lex Luger. You could, I would take the hit. Oh, Ray's in there as well. And when 35 people left now. And that was quick eliminations in the early going by Nash. That was indeed, yeah. I mean, what do you think? They thought... How can we top war games? I know. Let's <laughs> add another ring and another 54 wrestlers. But at least there's someone trying it. Do you know what I mean? At least it's different. Like, it might not be good, but it's different. <laughs> well, at least it's not a long, drawn-out thing. I know, like, you know, the Royal Rumble can go up to an hour. And I'm not saying it's boring because, you know, the majority of the time yeah. the Royal Rumble is quite entertaining. But, you know, it is a short version of that. It's been it's been a good way to start. I've I've quite enjoyed it. You know, it's slowed down a little bit now. There's Canyon again caught. Raf trying to get Mongo out. Now Kazayashi fighting Scott Hall. We've been on thirty five for a little while now. I think Barry Horowitz is still in there. And Nash is getting a nice long breather. He could just have a chat to Charles Robinson. And Charles in charge. Stevie Ray booking but they've avoided each other so far. Kid him in a little bit of trouble. It's Canyon looking to it's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Canyon looking to do some damage, but Billy Kidman, with a bit of assistance from Dean Malenko, t- sends him over the top. Oh, and Kaz Hayashi gone as well. So that's two in quick, and Stevie and Booker look at each other. Yeah, and they just say, you know, shrug each other off. They're going to wait until a bit later on in the match to come to loggerheads. Chavo thought he was going to get eliminated, but he landed on the apron. Clambers back in the ring. Scott Hall's been done. Scott Hall's out. Well, Alex Wright's gone. No. Alex Wright, three men attempted then. And it took two of them just to lift his cock over. Exactly. That's Horace and uh, Beefcake, and they both eliminate each other now. 
Disciple, sorry. Alex Wright has got Charvo. That's got all the other ring, isn't he? And Alex Wright saying, look, Big Show, if you don't dump him over, I'm going to slap you with my dick. Oh, no. Giant got rid of Charvo. <coughs> now he's got Alex Wright. Oh, no. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> Alex Wright holding on. Yeah, baby. Giant took over a little bit then, and now Malenko, uh, and now Saturn and Benoit working him. Here comes Eddie. Jumps on the back of the Giant. Now everyone's targeting the Giant. you got Disco, Alex Wright, Eddie, Chavo, Benoit. And the Giant's in trouble in ring one. And he's still holding in there. Oh, my God. And he just shoves Chavo and Eddie off as if they were cruiserweights. Oh, they are. My God. And Alex Wright's just like, yeah, I don't want any of that. But my dong. Let's <laughs> see who comes off worse. Disco is going to lead. He's going to use his brains here. There's 28 men left. He's like, after three, attack. <laughs> Oh, no, but then now they just decided to disperse against each other. That's it. Fight with yourselves. Well, someone's gone in ring two, but we can't see who it is at the moment. There we go. Scott Hall's there, see? So we're in ring two. That's, that's the most people are in ring two at the moment. Scott Hall is fighting the NWO as well. Well, he got attacked by him earlier. Let's not forget, it was Stevie Ray and Scott Hall with a low blow. Kona Steiner with a low blow. Kona and Luger there. You've got Norton over there as well. With They've the still cat. got three Wolfpack members in. Don't forget about Nash. He's taking a sleep at the moment. Yeah, that's what I said, three. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luger and Nash. Well, we don't know where Scott Hall sides at this moment that's in time. That's why I didn't say Scott Hall. I just <laughs> said three. <laughs> I'd have said four if I was thinking of Scott Hall, wouldn't I? Dick. Well, he's not been eliminated, though. Who, Alex Wright? <laughs> no, Alex Wright's not been eliminated, has he? No. Oh, Scott Styler likes to dish out low blows. Does one to Hoovy. Let's not forget who and Kidman had a war earlier. Well, there's four more before they get into one ring. One ring to rule them all. And Giant taking his time. I think Saturn's gone. Yes, Saturn has gone. Alex Wright's still in there, though. Uh-oh. Hoover 2 just been eliminated by Steiner. <coughs> so three more and they all converge. I'm glad Alex Wright's in, but I'm not happy that Mongo and Conan are still there. Steiner just beating up Conan at the moment. Well, it could be Mongo... Right, uh, Mongo, Wright and Conan. Would you be happy with that or would you be upset? I'd rather have Wright eliminated to get rid of Mongo. And... Well, someone else has been eliminated. Mysterio as well. He's done well to avoid most of the trouble. No, Saturn is still there. He just what? disappeared for a second, I he suppose. He was hidden by Alex Wright's cock. <laughs> yeah, that's what must, must have disappeared. And the big show's fighting people in other rings. We just hit the cat. Oh, Mongo's got Scott Hall. And Scott Hall's going to go. We've got 21 guys left. Mongo could make it into the final 20. Oh, my God. Wrath's still in there as well. Let's not forget, he's undefeated. Oh, oh, Mysterio. He went flying there. Was he out over the top? No, it doesn't matter. And he's gone. So there's 20 men left. Nash has been on his own, what would you say, the last 10 minutes or so? At least 25 minutes. And he goes in there. And they're all converging into ring two. Alex Wright is still in this. Are we going to see the uh, the factions unite? Well, I mean, Mongo and all the rest of the horsemen on one side, the LWO, the Wolf Pack, and the Black and White. Cat and Saturn fighting on the outside. Catton. Catton, and they've both been eliminated. And they're still not finished with each other yet. Charvo's taken his... Two people have been eliminated now. Yeah, Cat and Saturn. Oh, Catton. Catton has gone. And now the Giant... Well, you've got the Wolf Pack, you've got the LWO, and you've got... The NWO. And the Dong. 
The NWO, LWO, Wolfpack, Alex Wright and Chava going at it. No! Oh! oh. Alex Wright and Chava have both been eliminated. Ooh, fix. Oh, but Chavo saves Eddie. No. I think they were supposed to catch him, but... Eddie's gone. Disco's gone. All the little cruiserweights are going. Giant. He's got Kidman. Oh, and that's how you disrespect an entire division there. And now Giant and Nash facing off. And here we go. Don't forget you've got two horsemen in there as well. Three horsemen. Nash now going at it. And Nash gone right after the Giant. Scott Style trying to help now. And the NWOs are going face-to-face. And the horsemen better take their time. Raft's there as well. And Booker. Oh, just 13 <laughs> men left. Oh, Conan was being held by Horace, is it? Norton's left. Ah, Norton. Scott Norton. He's banging away on Scott Hall at the moment. Now Booker going after Nash. We're going to be left with nine guys. The three horsemen. Three of Wolfpack and three of Black and White. You reckon? I do. That's what happens to Scott Steiner choking out Nash. Go get Mongo over there. The giant going after Scott Hall. Oh, Nash going after the giant. And the giant's colliding now. And Scott Hall helping out Kevin Nash. The outsiders. Well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, Nash saved him earlier. Now they're going to look. To eliminate the giant? No, surely not. Well, don't call me Shirley, but have these two guys got the what it takes to send him over? Oh, Scott Norton saves him and Big Show powers out. Oh, and Stevie Ray's gone. Lex Luger throw him over the top. And one of the, men, one of the NWO black and white have gone. The NWO white is still in the ring. Oh, my God, this is a battle of attrition here. And Norton, oh! Mongo has eliminated Scott Norton. Then yes! gets eliminated by Nash. Well, Nash must have eliminated at least 20 men. At least 35 men. And they're all gone. And now Wolfpack, 10 men left. 10. You've got Ralph, who's your man out, along with Booker. And Scott Hall, technically. The rest is Wolfpack and NWO. But now Nash going after the Giant. And if Lex Luger can help him. Well, Luger's got the strength. Nash has got the size. Oh, my God. Look, Bam Bam Bigelow's made his appearance. Felt he's not in this match. And everyone turns their attention to Bam Bam Bigelow. It's just like a fan invading. Well, why would he try and make his way in when he's going to get beaten up? And Bam Bam wants to be a part of this and Nash stopping him. And now here comes security. This is a step too far. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Sounds like Goldberg's making his way. And here he comes. And there we go, Bam Bam Goldberg going at it. Get into a ring, there's two others. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a spare one. And this match is still going on whilst this war here. And there must be at least 20 men out here. At least 40 men to try and break these two guys up. Oh, I think Scott Steiner just got eliminated. I think Scott Steiner went, there are eight left now. And now Bam Bam and Goldberg still fighting. Oh my god, this is truly a world war at the moment. So you've got Nash, Booker T, Malenko and Benoit left. Along with Scott Hall, Conan, Lex Luger and the Giant. Goldberg just hit security members. And they've finally been taken away. Three Wolfpack members. One NWO member. Two horsemen. And a Booker named T. So which way will this go? Booker's oh. gone. Booker has gone. Seven left. Two Wolfpack. Three Wolfpack. 
two horsemen. So might they try and team up? <coughs> might they try and team up to just get rid of the giant? He's the biggest man in this match right now. Nash has got the numbers advantage. And security's still struggling to get Bam Bam to the back. Hall and Conan go off and then everyone ta- else targets the giant. Oh, and Hall's got Conan up. Conan stops it. And Conan looking to eliminate Hall. Yeah, he's gone. And Conan eliminates himself. Bye-bye, Conan. Arriba la raza. There are six left and the giant's in a little bit of trouble. And Nash directing traffic now. Two horsemen, two Take wolf the pack. big man out. There's five against one. And the Giants say, bring it on. Oh, my God, look at them all going at it. And the Giant pushed them all away. He can't push Nash away, though. Oh, he manages to. <laughs> and he's still fighting the big man. Oh, now they've got him, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it does look like it if... If Luger can get in there with his strength. Oh, my God. Giant is close to being gone. Oh, and the Giant is out of here. My God. So just five left now. Two wolf pack, two horsemen, one hole. And I think no NWO Hollywood. I think Scott Hall realises by himself that he's talking to Giant. That's bad blood then. Oh, and Hall tells Giant to suck it. Benoit goes after him. And now the horseman going to be up Scott Hall and the wolf pack can just sit there and watch. Lucan can do a bit of flexing while he's waiting. And Scott Hall fighting out the corner. That makes the four horsemen look weak. Oh, and, and Benoit's in trouble now with the wolf pack. Oh, he's dominated. And now it's Malenko to go. Now this is an interesting final three. Well, Scott Hall won it last year. Can he win it two years in a row? The Giant won it in 96 and Macho Man in 95. Luger came so close last year. Well, Luger comes so close all the time on me, you know, in the Royal Rumble. He came <laughs> yeah. close, lost it. Well, can he get it done now? The Wolfpack, they're going to go for it. Three men. And Ash was just saying, come on, let's all fight. An opportunity to face Bill Goldberg at Starcade. And here we go. Well, Hall goes after Nash. Nash goes after Luger and Luger goes after Hall. And now Luger gets hit more high in from Kevin Nash. Well, it is every man for himself. Going with a big right hands to Nash. And you can hear the right hands connecting. And Luger might be getting rid of Hall. No. Just sends him into the turnbuckle, kicks him out of the midsection. And Nash now looking to try and get Luger over, and Luger just goes dead weight. Oh my god, Luger just runs into Nash. Takes down with a huge clothesline. Who's waiting for Scott Hall to turn around? Oh, takes him out with a. Metal plated elbow. I mean, he had a metal plate in it when he was in WWE. I'll uh, carry it over to WCW. Well, now he's going to pick up Hall for the torture rack. Now he's going to just try and dump him. Nash with a oh, big boot. And Nash with a big boot takes out both Luger and Hall. And Nash is your winner of World War Three. Well, Nash wins. And yeah, he might be booking the show, but he is the winner here. A dominating performance, Dan. What are your thoughts on that match? It was all right. It was of a clusterfuck, really, you know, for the majority of it. But, you know, um, after that, I suppose it kind of calmed down when it went to one, one ring. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match, to be fair. I think most of those matches are kind of enjoyable. And at least we got to find out. I think it means that what they think of their roster as well. You know, who was last and who they think is the workers and who they don't. The way the cruiserweight division was treated. But I think it's good that um, <clears throat> WC, 
uh, as in WWE now made the set out of their stool. We know at Starcade it will be Kevin Nash versus Goldberg for the WCW title. But that wasn't the main event, weirdly enough, because the main event was the US champion Diamond Dallas Page against Bret Hart. And, and this is the kind of back-and-forth effort. We've seen the kind of history between the two, haven't we, with Brett injuring DDP and DDP trying to fight back. Uh, Brett had him down in a sharpshooter. The NWA referee come down and called for the bell. Fortune for him, it wasn't over, was it, Dan? No, it wasn't. It wasn't because as the referee, the NWA referee wasn't official. So mm. DDP hit the diamond cutter out of nowhere and pinned Brett Hart to become, or still be the US champion. It's a fair play, DDP, in this one. Yes, uh, the NWA ref, Nick yeah. Patrick. That's not Nick Patrick. No, the NWA ref. Yeah. Nick Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the NWA ref there, though. No, the NWA ref is in the ref that wears the NWA t-shirt with that stupid hat. No, that's not Nick Patrick. That is Nick Patrick. No, it's not. All right, so we move on to Nitro, and it's Nitro episode 167, November 23rd. Yes, the ratings went up to a 4.5 off a 5.0, 4.4 and a 4.1, while Raw received a 4.9, and it says 3.7 first hour, 5.0 the second. It has to be a 4.7. Yeah, well, match one is Mike Enos versus Lex Luger. Wow, Enos has put up quite the fight. Luger finally shows signs of life, flexes and racks. Well, Limo's arrived and Nash has gotten out with Conan. Goldberg's out in the back and Nash giggles that he's next and Goldberg tells him that it's not a safe place to be and tells him to ask his girlfriend. Conan starts to say you wish as they go to the intro. Well, Gene welcomes Kidman, they discussed last night. Kidman wants to bring out Ray and he likes the help he received and now that the old Ray is back, he's willing to put the belt on the line tonight. Ray thanks him in return and they shake. (laughs) (laughs) The fans hate two faces. Oh, they are booing Eddie and his partner who have no name. Eddie informs that Ray is not out of the LWO yet due to some contract. He's willing to give him another chance and he gives Ray an XXXXXL shirt and screams for him to put it on due to legal means. Ray resisted but fine, it looks like a dress. (laughs) Well, match two is Norman Smiley versus Chris Benoit. Uh, Little bit of chain wrestling to start. Norman doing okay, but wait, German suplex time. He hits three of them. Benoit calls for it to be over and goes up top, and it's diamond headbutt time. Cross face, and it's over. Well, here comes the Wolfpack. Nash is getting some major cheers. Major cheers. Wolfpack is in the house. Conan does his thing too. Arriba la raza, orale. Luca is happy that Nash won and calls him the next champ. Nash states that they have defied the odds. This, with everyone coming after him and taking out Sting and Savage, but whether they like it or not, he is next and laughs. He does not call people Wolfpackaholics, and he's about to say something, but some Goldberg chants start, and he stops and acknowledges them and states that their one loss of Goldberg will be against him. Well, Gene is in the back with Nash, and he wants to know about Hall. Nash agrees the fans wanted it, but he still does not trust him. Gene thinks that the trust was shown last night. Goldberg walks by and Nash wants Luger to watch his back. Goldberg tells him not to worry. He wants to see that big truck run right him over him. Well, match three is Tokyo Magnum versus Canyon. Magnum got some offence in but was defeated with ease. Match four is Glacier versus Kendall Windham. Okay, it's been a decent back and forth brawl with a series of close falls. Glacier power slams him but it's caught with a DDT and then he pinned. Duncan goes for the damn rope again and Shivani gushes over him and Bobby just finishes him off with the mid-skull-crushing finale. 
another person stealing the Miz's moves. Hey, James, first it was Daniel Bryan, and now it is Bobby. Damn right. Well, Gene calls out the Giant. He tells the Giant that Nash spearheaded the campaign to toss him out. Giant agrees that obvious assessment. Giant calls him a skinny coward. Giant goes off and calls him a chicken and wants his ass tonight. Gene is unsure if that will happen. Gene is anno- no, he's not. Gene is never annoying at any time. Gene is annoying at times. No, he's not. Never, ever, ever. Match five is Silver King versus Saturn. Saturn will beat him up in a minute, but calls out the cat first, letting him know he will be his before too long. They go back and forth. The cat is at the top of the ramp answering his challenge. Cat mocks him for getting beaten up by a midget as he points at Sunny. And that gets some giggles from the fan. Cat <laughs> is about to tell everyone to kiss his big black ass, but Sonny interrupts with a shaft like, shut your mouth. Saturn finishes King off with a Death Valley driver. Saturn rambles to the back. Raymond Steer versus Kidman for the Cruiserweight Championship is our next match. Well, they go back and forth, and it is a pleasure to watch. Gene is in the ring, and Bischoff is with him. He will settle this with Flair tonight, and he reminds everyone what happened to Hall when he is crossed. Here comes Flair. Gene is happy with this meeting. It's finally taking place. Gene is in the ring and Bishop. He will settle this with Flair tonight and he reminds everybody what happened to Hall when he is crossed. Here comes Flair. Gene is happy this meeting is finally taking place. Flair is overwhelmed with the fact that everyone in attendance tonight, that Eric Bishop has the guts to stand eye to eye with him. Bishop admits that Flair does deserve that. And this thing has both men's family and everyone in the arena and industry. One thing Flair has to understand is that Bischoff runs... Flair will acknowledge that even men like Ted Turner make a few mistakes and he's one of them. Bischoff brushes that aside. He brings up Barry Windham and Flair does not have the ability to hire or fire anyone. And he wants Barry Windham out. Here and here he comes. Bischoff states that Windham will beat up Flair tonight. Flair denies that, stating that Windham has walked that aisle and was a horseman, and knows about tradition. But Bischoff declares that he has the power, and then smacks Flair. Ooh. And then beat Barry Windham beats the shit out of Ric Flair with Bischoff laughing on. What a terrible attack there. Bischoff just showing he's got all the power in the world. Well, match seven is Conan versus Booker. T. Well, Steve Ray comes down and attacks Conan right in front of the ref, and the match is tossed out. Well, Ray and Booker are arguing. Ray wants to know where his head is at. He claims he whooped Conan. Booker can handle his own business and Ray warns him to pay attention and points at his NWO shirt. Gene calls out Bret Hart and he declares he should be the US champ. All the animals in the crowd think what happened was funny. Bret calls DDP win cheap and calls him a punk and the fans are punks too. Bret states that this is not over and he wants a rematch. Bret mocks Dean's leg and how that is a rough break. And tonight he's going to take that leg and throw it out in the crowd. And he wants DDP to watch until he gets the guts to step in the ring one more time with him. Up next, it's Raf versus Kevin Nash. The undefeated Raf, he's, he's like we talked about, been quite hot recently, making his way through the WWE roster. And Nash is going to step up and prove that, I guess, he can beat undefeated streets because he's got Goldberg at Starcade. But now it's Raf here tonight. The fans are quite into it. Ralph, of course, quite a big man. A oh, big man. Well, Ralph tells him to go stuff it. Nash tells him to go suck it. And, and got... the fans absolutely love it as well. Colin and Elbow. Oh, DX! Colin and Elbow tie up. Ralph looking to break clean, but he delivers a few knees to the midsection of Nash. And a couple of big chops. And this is your number one contender. 
getting beaten up by Rath. Well, Rath has been impressive. Let's not forget, he's beaten everybody that's been put in front of him since he made his debut a few months ago. The fans have been kind of getting behind him. Yeah, there was comparisons to Goldberg, but for this big man, it can be impressive. Nice bicycle kick there. But is this a thing for Nash if he can end Ralph's undefeated streak? Can he pop Bergs? Yeah, exactly. And Ralph will have drop kicked to Nash right over the top. If he'd have done that at World War Three, Nash wouldn't have been number one contender. Maybe that's what Ralph is showing. That's what he can do. Oh, Nash takes a bit of time outside to gather his thoughts. Uses the ring steps to get back in the ring. And now Nash made his way back in. Got Ralph in the corner. Caught him there with the forearm shots. Now the big knees. Working him over Nash, though. Nash delivering a big elbow to Rath. 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 An intensity in Kevin Nash here tonight. Picking up Rath. Going to go slam him. Now Rath with a backslide and a big forearm to the back. Oh, and a back drop to Nash. That's impressive. And now Rath going up. Maybe looking to try and hit the meltdown here tonight. And a huge clothesline off the top. Goes for the cover. Oh, only getting a two count. Two. And now look at Ralph with the elbows. Again, going for the cover. And Nash again gets the shoulder up. Now Ralph's got Nash in the corner. Irish whip. Big so power move. Oh, but Nash gets his foot up. Not that you could have seen it because the camera angle was stupid. Sidewalk slam goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. oh. But Ralph managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And now Nash, Irish whipping Ralph, goes to the clothesline. Ralph dodged it. Big shoulder block takedown. Only a one count, though. One. Well, the referee says two. There's hardly any wrestling t-shirts in the crowd. Uh, it's 20 years ago. They get a few NWOs dotted around. But again, circulation weren't great back then. Big boot by Nash. And Nash downs it with a big boot. And he's going to look to put him away. Well, the straps come down. Nash means business as he signals for the end. Well, it's more serious Nash. We saw him last night taking out most of the competition. And now he's got Ralph up. Jackknife. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Ralph's undefeated streak is over. Nash wins, Dan. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, it's certainly uh, very needed from Nash. I mean, you know, he does need a bit of momentum going into his feud with the Extremely undefeated Goldberg. So, uh, yeah. Well, sure, he allowed Ralph to get some offence and it plays on becoming a win street breaker. But good God, they build up Ralph and just toss it out the window. Maybe Nash is, well, Nash is booking now. I know he's a consultant and claims that it was March, but he fully took over. But most say early November. Well, Gene calls down Jericho, who is not happy with the fans for not cheering so loudly. He reminds them that he's better than all of them. Oh, shit, it's Duncan. Jericho mocks making fun of his name. Cowboy gimmick. Duncan brings out Ralphus, who is hogtied. He leaves him there and leaves. Ralphus is barking at him, I think, as Jericho wants him to relax so he can help him. Well, Hall comes down to do the final survey as he's figured out why the fans are there and they bellow all the factions. Now he states that the NWO booted him out and he thought he started the NWO and did it all by himself. So, if he all is all alone, that is the way he likes it. The Wolfhead gets cheers as he mentions that. Hall states that Nash wants him to prove himself, and perhaps the fans do too. But he only has to prove things to himself. Match 9, Alex Wright with Dirk Knobfrost versus Scott Hall. That's, the name, that's the name of his penis. 
Ah. Yeah. Well, Alex wants respect and yells at the fans and Hall. He gets in the ring and dances around. Well, he connects with two European uppercuts and Hall fires back rock and right as he exchanges shots. So now Hall decks him a few times and down goes Alex. Alex ducks the clothesline but is caught in a fallaway slam. Hall calls for the edge and he hits it and it is over. And match 10 is Dean Malenko versus Bret Hart. Well, right up to the knee and stomps away. Dean is selling the knee again, fighting through the pain. They go back and forth off the ropes and Bret off the leapfrog from Dean pounces by snagging the knee. He then posts it a couple of times and works it over. The chair is on the ground and Brett Diamond cuts Malenko onto the chair. But the ref calls for the DQ, which is bullshit. It was already there. Brett shoves the ref down and is going to lock up the knee with a chair. Brett, sho- Brett shoves the ref down and is going to lock up the knee in the chair and takes him out. But DDP comes out of the crowd, but he's paced with a chair and Hart goes after him. and But misses and DDP clocks him and Brett retreats to the floor. DDP calls him scum, of course. DDP states that he's right here and waiting for him and calls him a wuss. When he starts to leave, he challenges him next week as he gets jacked up when Hart feels the bang. And our main event is Giant versus Goldberg for the title. Yeah, well, shit. It was Goldberg that the Giant called out. So he's been called out a couple of times. And again, we've just like five minutes to go. Goldberg, I don't know if he arrived late or whatever it is, but he's going to fight the Giant here. In what will be surely, don't call me Shirley, a memorable, a memorable moment here. We've seen them two fight before, ending in DQ. Will Goldberg get the job done tonight? He's got Bam Bam after him. He's got Jericho. We know it's over now. He's got Kevin Nash, Arcade, and now he's got the entrance. This is proper Goldberg now, Dan, isn't it? It is indeed, Jerry. He's got the uh, the fireworks coming out as he uh, snorts out this fire and does his. Uh, Punch, punch, kick, kick, punch, punch. <laughs> but Goldberg does that make, make that belt look good, doesn't he? <coughs> well, it suits him, doesn't it, you know? Is this probably the best booked wrestler ever? Uh, well, I think we're, we're going to argue about that in a minute. Um, for, for a certain point, up until he won the world title, I think, yeah. But since then, they've not really known what to do with him, have they, you know? I mean, it's never explained or understood why Goldberg disappeared from TV for months from September. I mean, I know the Warrior was on and Hogan took the spotlight. Yeah, he fought DDP, but the Jericho thing was classic. I uh, know I need to shout about that, but it will cost obviously to be a great wrestler. The Giant will be gone soon as well. They're not sure what to do with Goldberg at the moment. So it's interesting this main event. Michael Buffer doing the, uh, doing the announcements. Let's get this right. The Nash had to go through a World <laughs> War Three match, defeat 60 guys, or defeat 59 other guys yeah. to get a number one contendership. The Giant just calls out Goldberg. And gets it. Yeah, you're right. Well, the Giant comes out strong, going for the strikes. Goldberg dodges it for a little bit. Irish whip. Boot to the side of the head. Yeah, the Giant sends him into the turnbuckle and the boot, like you said, Dan. Straps are down already. Looking for the choke slam to try and finish Goldberg off before he gets any momentum. And he's hit it. Bang. Plants him. Going for the cover. One, two. two. Oh. And Goldberg kicked out uh. the closest anybody's come to beating him. And the Giant can't believe it. And now a chop and Goldberg back to his feet. Oh, my God. The feet as well. Look at Goldberg with the knees. Blocking the big show. Giving a few knees. Oh, sorry. Blocking the Giant. Hits oh. the spear. No, he can't. He can't. Look at him. Screaming away. And damn, what happens after the spear? Well, James, if he can manage it. Oh, my God, he can't, surely. Don't call me Shirley. 
But he jacks him up. God. Hammers him down. <laughs> One, One, two, two three. three. Wow, that was crazy impressive there by the... Ju- oh, Bam-bam. Bigelow's in. Oh, my God. Two seconds after beating the giant, Bam Bam's out, and here comes security. Why are they wearing yellow rain masks? I have no idea. Maybe it's raining outside, but it's raining in here. Goldberg is a marked man on the way to Starcade. And what a good way to finish it. That was enjoyable, actually, wasn't it? It was quite an entertaining uh, Nitro, yeah. Yeah, even though it was only two minutes of the main event match, it still wasn't bad. Nitro's been alright these past couple of weeks. And here comes Kevin Nash. Well, does he want to face-to-face with who he's going to challenge for the world title? Well, he beat Ralph earlier. Now, yes, he does. Straps are down, <laughs> and these two men go at it. And what is going on here? And they're all after Goldberg. Nash is not backing down. So Goldberg's had to fight off basically the three biggest guys in WCW. And Goldberg is still ready for it. And now he's apart. He broke for at least 20 people. At least 40 people there trying to hold Goldberg and Nash apart. This looks like World War Three last night. Well, time's that by another three. Looks World like World War, World War Nine. Nine. Unbelievable there. So it's Nitro episode 168, November 30th. And Hogan has retired. Well, Nitro lost 5.0 to 4.2. Well, Hogan's now buddies with Leno's. Hogan is now buddies with Leno because he's on his show. They shake hands and that's about it. They go to the arena and we are waiting the arrival of the NWO. Well, the exit of limo after arriving, of course, led by the Steiner. Uh, they enter the arena. The camera's following them through the arena. Now they come out to the music and head to the ring. But Bischoff is there. Bischoff is introducing the heir apparent of the NWO and it is Big Papa Pump. Scotty wants a moment of silence for the greatest champ, Hogan. The fans boo. Well, he claims Hogan is watching this show and he talks about LA and private jets. He reiterates what Bischoff said and that he is the new leader of the black and white. Hogan was the originator of the largest arms in the world and the biggest star in wrestling. So Steiner knows why he's the heir apparent because of his biceps and the fact that he has the greatest body in wrestling. Well, the NWO are going to be like rabid dogs and take care of business. The first order of business is to take care of someone who left the NWO. As soon as the NWO is for life, for life, Scott Hall will be their first order of business, and he is going to wish he was never a part of the NWO. Horace will be his partner, and Hall needs to find as the NWO. Oh, Hall needs to find one as the NWO is going to bury him. Well, match one is Conan versus Chris Jericho for the WSW TV title. Oh fucking hell, we got to watch it. So Jericho comes out, of course, the world television champion to go against Conan. Luckily for Jericho, he's got his personal security there. <coughs> Ralph. Ralph. Here we go, Jericho and Conan. And what a way to start Monday Nitro. The, the best in the world and what he does versus Chris Jericho. And Jericho gets chopped there and Conan is so over with the crowd. Tells you that order line, arriba la raza. Oh, no, it's sickening. Jericho on the apron. Come on, out, ref. Get it right. Don't worry, James. I've had up a nice Conan shirt for you to wear when you eventually lose predictions. It's not going to happen. I'm going to become a fan of Conan before then, and that's going to come. I'm going to find Sank about him that I like. Oh, an impressive arm drag takedown there and a roll through. No, it's not his wrestling ability. Why is his pants out of his trousers? Look how far out they are. 
That's the order they are Oh, is that the way he does it, is it? Uh, Why's he got the earring for? Because he's gangster. Are you actually going to put your pants outside of your trousers now as well? You're going to coning it up, are you? Well, I will never, ever look like that. Let's Conan backs Jack up in a corner. God, this is like a corner. Do they, well, I don't know why Conan does it for. And now look at him in the corner with Jericho stumbling a mud hole, walking it dry. Well, doing that makes it look like it's a percentage sign. Well, there we go. <laughs> Conan was in control. Jericho now just cut him off. Got the side headlock. Conan pushed him away. But Jericho just runs for him as if he was never there. Nice shoulder block by Jericho. Dodges a leapfrog and does one of his own. Oh, Jericho looking to monkey flip Conan, but Conan stamps on the head. Seated drop kick there, taking Jericho down. Odale! Arriba la raza! Conan grabs the arm of Jericho. Irish whip reversed. And Jericho picks Conan up. Hangs him on the top rope. And that's what Conan slowly going to the outside. Yeah, slowly. That's what we're talking about. Now Jericho... Top rope. Springboard drop kick sends Conan off onto the mats below. And now look how great Jericho is. Let's bask in the glory of Chris Jericho. Was Conan wearing rollerblading elbow pads? I think he is. See, that's he's even more annoying, isn't he? Jericho over the top beautifully. He's got his pants on the outside. He's wearing that. He's got an earring. I don't know why he's part of the wolf pack. Chopped by Jericho. Send him into the stairs. Well, Bret Hart beat the piss out of Conan a couple of weeks ago. And it's good to see Jericho carrying on the Canadian tradition. So the K-Dog needs to get some retribution against the Canucks. And Jericho throws Conan in. Look how shit Conan is. And look at how great Jericho is. Going for the cover. One, two, three. Gets the job done. Easily no, beats Conan. Conan managing to kick oh. out. <sighs> Ooh. And now Jericho again going to work on Conan. This is too easy at the moment. Why has Conan got both straps of his vest over one side? No, it's Jericho, so he was ripping at the shirt earlier. I was going to defend Conan, but... You are. That's what Jericho was doing. And now kick to the midsection. Jericho just going to take his time. TV title's on the line. Conan has to beat him. Now Jericho just slapping Conan. Picks him up, delivers a scoop slam to him. This is just too easy at the moment for Jericho. Now here comes Jericho. Perched up top, getting the crowd into it, blowing him a few kisses. Oh, but he took too long up there gloating. Jumps down into Conan's foot. Conan with a rolling clothesline. Beautiful there. Are you high? And now Jericho's in a little bit of trouble from Conan. Conan ducks his head, though. Oh... Suplex with the bridge out. Oh. oh, Jericho just saving his title. Jawbreaker by Jericho. Now look at that beautiful clothesline. Lion Salt connects. One, One two. two. Oh. oh. K-Dog managing to kick out. Uh. And Jericho can't believe it. Enough can I, Jericho. You're the television champion. You're the man in this. Put the Conan down. Midsection by Jericho. Kind of reversing it though, catching Jericho, Alabama slam, rolls him up with the cover, two, oh. oh, doesn't even know how to go for cover properly, Jericho managing to kick out, oh. this is the last night, Tro, we've been on a journey with WCW this month, 
And now Conan goes behind Jericho. Jericho rolls him up through. Oh, takes the legs to the fans' delight. Yeah. Line tamer time. Conan's trying to block it, though. Unsuccessfully. He's got it in. Oh. Too close to the ring ropes, though. Oh, come on, ref. Well, Jericho's celebrating. He is the champion. Yes, that's it, Jericho. You can get out of here. And the referee's saying, no, you got to the ropes. Come on, ref. He's going to use the belt. No, Conan blocks it. X-Factor to the belt. No. One. No. Two. Three. No. And your new no. TV champion, oh. Kadar. Oh, my God. And this is why WCW died. Because they gave people like Conan championships over Chris Jericho, Dan. What do you think of the match? Impressive victory from the Wolfpack member. You're a fucking arsehole. Do you know that? You really are. Don't, don't be it was it wasn't a bad match, but in thanks to Jericho, Jericho carried Conan all the way in this match. Let's make no doubt about that. Conan gets the win. The crowd are happy. I I am not. I tell you that not for one second. It's, this is a disgrace. This is a dark day for WCW. Well, Eccles out Flair and he wants to know what is going on between him and Bischoff. Flair responds that there is a time to walk down that aisle. Wherever Bischoff is, he is here, and he wants him to listen. Maybe Flair is getting old, but that has nothing to do with getting old, and he names off a bunch of stars, and those are people who make you who you are, past and future. Well, he is disappointed that Barry Windham, he also mad as hell as Bischoff abuses his power, and he is an asshole. Flair does not care for his pies, and if that happens, young kids as well as Ted, and they will wonder why Bischoff could not take out old men like Flair. Flair, an old man with diminished skills, called him out tonight or any night, and he wants a piece. He dances around, wooing around the ring. Well, Hall comes down wearing an outsider's shirt. Hey, yo. He recaps what Steiner said earlier. Hall admits that getting beat up is what he does, and the only problem is that he has no friends, but he's willing to do it all alone, one-on-one. But then he's willing to take both on. Nash appears at the top of the arm and waves. He and Hall have not seen eye to eye, but he will be his Huckabury tonight. Team with him. And we go on to match two. Raven and Canyon versus the Armstrongs. Scott Armstrong and Steve Armstrong. Yeah, Scott is now a referee, to be fair. Well, that's Scott Fuckle to do with this match, is it? Canyon is talking to Raven, and instead the latter whines. Canyon takes the mic, and he is sick of his whining, and tells him to get over it, as everyone had a hard childhood. Well, Armstrong sneaks him and rolls him up for the win. Well, Gene has called down Bret Hart. Gene asks him about DDP, and Hart claims he's been hurt really bad. DDP stoops so low that he put him out the hit list, sprinkling out rewards and treats to have people take him out. Little Malenko tore his groin, and then Bret tells the fans that they do not have groins. Bret cannot wrestle, and the doctors agree. Well, here comes DDP as Bret continues to say he's injured. <coughs> DDP wants to get something straight and calls him hit scum again. And how he told everyone last week that he put a hit on everyone. DDP came out and challenged him last week. And they made it for this week. And now he's hurt. Well, Brett responds that real doctors claims he cannot work. DDP mocks that and calls him a liar. DDP claims he was excellently executed and then taunts him. Gene reminds Hart that he has a match. Brett has no gear and Gene states that he can get some. Brett, who has fought uphill against the odds, is willing to fight in a no-DQ match. DDP is in. And we go on to match three. That is Eddie Guerrero versus Billy Kidman 
for the WCW Cruiserweight title. Well, Eddie yells at him and then pushes and slaps him. These two guys are great. It's no surprise they put on a great match. Well, Kidman hits a Frankensteiner. Juve runs down and is kicked off the apron. Then Ray runs and kicks Eddie. Kidman will up for the win. And Ray and Kidman are chased off. Well, Bischoff and Winderman are ring, and the former is happy to see him. Bischoff talks about being in Cody, Wyoming, Wyoming, and now his friend told him he needs another hero. Especially the crime rates escalating out of control taxes, and what the world needs is a hero. The president lied, and so we need another hero, and Bischoff will bring that to us. He's waiting back there, and he calls out Dean Malenko. Dean slowly does so. Arn encourages him, and he heads down. And Bischoff is going to give him the chance of a lifetime. And despite his bad will, if he can beat Wyndham, then Bischoff will face Flair. Dean is ready, willing and gable. Well, Bischoff has one more clause and there will be a special guest referee. Dusty Rhodes, baby. Dusty Rhodes will be that man. Well, it's been quite time, some time since we saw him. Dusty enters the ring and shakes hands all around, but Dean refuses. Bishop asks this will be unbiased, and Dusty declares there'll be no shenanigans. And look at Barry Windham declaring the best man will win. Well, match four is Jobber versus Wrath. Wrath kills him. Actually dead. Yeah, dead. The cat comes down with Sonny doing his thing. Saturn comes down and they jaw. Saturn calls him a cares that if he beats Sonny, then he will face him. Well, Saturn destroys him. Cat pulls the ref out. Glacier appears and kicks Saturn in the head and places Sonny on top, and Saturn barely gets his shoulder up. Cat tosses him saying to Sonny, it's a chain, but Saturn blocks it, and it's Death Valley driver time, and Saturn gets a pin. Ref notices a chain, ref reverses the decision, and Saturn chases them off. A limo has arrived. And here he comes. It's Goldberg, flanked by police. It's a contract signing between him and Nash, and the fans love it. Bigelow was in the crowd bellowing that he should have been him. And now here comes Nash. The Wolfpack come out. Conan is not wearing his new title. Why does Nash have to come out here with these two as well? Why can't he come out alone? Because he's part of the Wolfpack. The Wolfpack is back and we don't do shat. Now Mean Gene's going to do us the honours. Kevin Nash is a left-hander like me. Yeah, he's got shit in green. You're not fucking left-handed. I'm left-handed. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> Fuck off, Dan. Are you left-handed? I am left-handed. Well, you know, I every day about someone, didn't you? Shit, how long have we been doing this podcast? Have we never seen me writing? No. Left-handed, seriously. I'm left-handed, seriously. Wow. That's amazing. See, people, you can learn something new. Uh, I never knew that. You know I'm right-handed. So you wait with your left hand? I am left That's amazing. Yeah. Everything else I do with my right hand, though. I only write with my left hand. You wank? What one do you wank with? My right. You wank with your right? I'm a right-handed wanker. Oh, my God. Well, here comes Bam Bam Bigler. He's had enough of the contract signing. Nash was grinning at Goldberg. And we've got a problem at ringside here. Well, Goldberg will not defend the title until Starcade. And security's taking Bam Bam Bigler in the back. That is a contract sign there. It was basically just a contract signing. There was nothing else involved in that. I thought it was going to be something else. I know we've got Bam Bam going on here. But, Dan, what do you think of that? Nash Goldberg is official. I thought it was quite tame, seeing as though last week we saw the show ending on Goldberg and Nash having to be pulled apart. And now they're sat literally next to each other. No reaction whatsoever. And Bam Bam Bigelow gets the monster treatment. Yeah, I know. It's weird, that. Uh, all right, up next, match six, Mike Enos versus Bukati. Well, Enos has been given quite a bit here. <coughs> Axe kick ends that. Now, back suplex, Booker spins up, 
hits the Harlem kick. Enos gets up and the spine buster ends it. Well, up next, match seven, Brian Adams versus Lex Luger. They go back and forth. Vincent gets involved and the rack ends it. Match eight, Demonenko versus Barry Windham. Well, Dean is in the ropes, but Windham refuses to break the attack. He continues it and uh, he continues it in the corner and Dusty calls for the bell and DQs Windham. Dusty dances and leaves Bischoff. Dusty dances and leaves and Bischoff is pissed, screaming at him and yells at him to get back in the ring and Dusty refuses. Well, Bischoff fires him. Dusty is sad about that. Windham heads after him and Dean hits him for now come down and beat the hell out of him. Flair runs after Bischoff, who runs off with the help from the NWO. Flair is screaming, all excited about the match, and calls the greatest calls this the greatest Christmas present ever. Woo! And match nine is Scott Steiner and Horace versus Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Hall is grabbed and worked over. So this is what the match has been so far. We are literally just waiting for the Kevin Nash hot tag, and it should be job done here. Oh, and Scott Hall finally gets the hot tag. To Kevin Nash, the referee doesn't see it, waves it off, but that doesn't stop Nash going on the offensive. It's French. <laughs> yeah, if you translate it, McPatrick. <laughs> I don't like being right, but god damn, sometimes it feels good. So all that shit Dan was giving me earlier, James, you can feel quite proud. Oh, it's Google's fault, it lied. Well, Nash got a hold of Slick now, throws him out. Dex Scott Steiner, the Outsiders are back together. It's the first time in a long time the Outsiders have been a team. The fans want it. Nash. Big boot to Steiner. I was about to say Nash. Been on fire winning the Battle Royal, beating Raph as well, going right after the NWO. And Horace got hold of Nash. But Hall now has got Horace. And the Outsiders edge. Hall for the cover. And oh, no. The NWO ref don't want to do it. He says no. Well, actually, he's in his right because Nash is a legal man. Oh, oh Nash grabs hold of him. Uh-oh. He's going to jackknife the ref. Oh! Hall still got the cover. Number three. Two, three. How long to cover for? Nearly longer than the pedigree. Well, I was just about to say, can we compare that to the length of time that the pedigree is in? Uh, I think the pedigree was slightly longer. I think it was, and Hall gets the victory. Nash walks away from Hall, but they work well as a team. Dan, what do you think of the match? It was uh, it was a bit of a weird match. Is this back? Is this a coming together of the outsiders? Is there a bit of trust between these two guys now? Yeah, and does that mean that Horace Hogan is second in command of the NWO as well? Is a bit worrying. It is very <laughs> worrying. Bigelow is outside screaming for Goldberg. Well, Goldberg has run outside. Bamba are ripping into each other out on the lawn. They are beating the granny out of each other. Goldberg is trying to toss him into the back of a truck but cannot. Goldberg's head eats it and the brawl continues. They're wailing away. They're tussing over the back and into a bus area. And uh, now a bunch of security pull a huffing Bigelow off and take him away. Hey, the guy worked hard. Well, Goldberg runs at him and is held and spears him as it is chaos. And now main event time, Dan. Yes, it is indeed. Match nine, Bret Hart versus DDP for the WCW US Championship. We saw these two men fighting at World War Three. Bret hasn't even got his gear with him. He said he's injured. He's going against Paige in this one for the title. And they've not given a lot of time, to be fair. And the fans firmly behind DDP. 
And Brett with the low blow. Didn't the referee see that? It's no disqualification. Thank you, Tony. Well, yeah, James, that... it is a no disqualification match, so it doesn't matter if the referee saw that or not. All right, I'm sorry. I got a bit overexcited. And maybe that's why Brett wanted it. You know, he's choking out Paige. Brett knows best. Oh, Brett with the right hands blocked by Paige. And now Paige rocking Brett in the corner. Big right to the left and kicks. Turns out end of, uh, Nitro has become more entertaining since there's been no Hogan, to be fair. It has, yes. It's just like Try 5 Live without Enzo. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It has improved. Leads and bounds and Paige. Oh, he's going to give Brett a taste of his own medicine. He's going to try and lock in the figure four. Oh, my God. Around the ring post. But here comes a giant waddling out. Stops oh. it. Well, no disqualification, though, so everything's fine at the moment. Have you just reminded yourself of that again? Yep. I was about to say that again, but the Giants here. Gorilla pressed to Page. Over the top rope from the outside. <laughs> Very impressive from the Giant. Well, the Giant who came close to beating Goldberg just a couple of weeks ago. He has put on a bit of weight, though, hasn't he, this year? But he's got Page. And that is the highest choke slam I think I've ever seen. He must have been at least 12 foot in the air. At least 15 to 18 foot. And now probably go for the cover here become new US champion but doesn't want it yet no instead Brett sharp shit no no Paige is out and Brett's just going to pick him up oh and give Paige a little bit of respect with another choke slam put him on top rope oh my god oh now that's the highest choke slam I've ever seen he must have been at least 20 foot there at least 25 foot in there and look at Brett smirking no, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his go. He's just got a smile on his face because he knows DDP is easy pickings. And now he's going to go for a sharpshooter, but he doesn't need to put this in. Well, Paige is out. Freffy checks him now. Non-responsive. Check the arm. Charles knows this is not fair. Two drops. And three. And DDP is out. Brett is your new US champ. So we know now that Bret Hart is the US champion. We know we've got new TV champion in Conan. We know our cruiserweight champion is Billy Kidman, who won back from Hoovy at World War Three, And we know our tag team champions are, of course, Rick Steiner and Judy Bagwell. Uh, and the world, cha- world champion is Goldberg. Dan, what have you made it for this month? Um, it's had its ups <laughs> and it's had its downs, even lower than downs. It has been uh, quite all over the place. Again, you never, ever know which kind of direction they're trying to go in with their storytelling. I mean, you know, one minute Goldberg's against A, then he's against B, and then it turns out he's against C, and then Big Show gets a chance just for the sake of getting a chance, even though he didn't win the World War and Kevin Nash won it. Yeah, I know. And then, you know, one night the the show ends with uh, Nash and Goldberg having to be pulled apart. But then the next night, they're sat next to each other being as civil as you like. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it, what we've seen. I think mostly it's been good this month, though. WCW trying to get back into it. But, yeah, enough things don't make sense. The storyline, you know, are quite interesting. I do want to see Nash versus Goldberg. You know, that's a match I'm interested in. But, again, to sacrifice Ralph and, and to have this Hogan thing hanging over the head, I'm just I'm not sure. But we'll see how it does when we do our points after we've watched Raw, and that's what we're going to do next. We're going to start off with Raw. After all that, we head over to the WF, and we have just played a deadly game! Well, The Rock betrayed the people and became the corporate champion. 
How would mankind and Stone Cold react to the formation of the corporation? Let's find out. For 286, November 16th. The ratings were through the roof, with a 5.5 off of a 4.5 and a 5 points. Uh, <coughs> the ratings were through the roof, with a 5.5 off of a 5.4 and a 5.6. Nitro rose up to a 4.3 with a solid 5.0 start, but then fell to two 3.9s and was demolished head to head. Yeah, so this is a night after Survivor Season. Vince and friends come out gloating. Vince mocks the people and tells them they do not kiss enough of their own bosses' asses. He calls The Rock his champ, and here he comes. Rock slowly strolls down, soaking in the booze. He admits getting a little ahead as he fielded calls all day, wondering why he did it. Some will call him a kiss-ass, but they're not smart and a bunch of trailer trash. He mocks them for working every day, and The Rock did what he had to do in order to become champion. Sure, the fans work hard and do what they have to do every day, but once again, they are just trailer trash like Austin. And they and Austin can have their morality, etc. And the fans bellow for Austin. Yeah, I mean, just look at Ark Rock right there in his uh, leopard skin shirt with a WF title and, 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 you know, probably $1,000 sunglasses. At least a million dollars. All the hard work could not buy them a cup of redneck coffee. Now, die, Rocky, die, and Rocky sucks. And he never forget that. And he's going to make sure the fans never forget it either. He's going to lay the smack down on all their candy asses with the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today, the corporate elbow. He will never kiss the fans' asses. Vince asks and Shane kind of likes it about kissing ass. Rock declares that they smell the rock is cooking and Vince definitely smells it. Creepy. Now Vince is going to give us a PowerPoint rundown of how they pulled it off. He points to the Titantron. Well, instead it shows Austin arriving. Vince is pissed and wants it off, but no one is complying. He's screaming as Austin is walking in the back, and finally he's off, and Austin is here. And now the footage, they go back to Shane three weeks ago, rehiring Austin. And then a week later in the cage, he helped Austin to gain his trust. The next week, Austin saved him, and now to the rock. And now to rock. Laid out by boss man. Now to Mankind, who is gullible and pathetic, Shane runs down and counts the pin as The Rock beat Mark Henry, and now the fans are lured in. Shane screams in joy about that. Vince was man enough to get beat up by The Rock. Now to the pay-per-view, and Mankind is in the sharpshooter. Shane calls it the screwing of SCSA. Shane not counting the free count. That's what we've seen, and there we go. So Vince was doing PowerPoint presentations way before Gulak was. <laughs> yeah, he was the, the innovator of... So it was a, a rehash of the Montreal screw job. Mankind never gave up. But The Rock says, he, I, I quit. And JR said it never happened. 
Of course, you've got Slaughter and the Stooges in there with Shane and the boss man, hired security. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes Austin. Oh, my God, listen to the reception. And Austin is here, and he's not backing down. And The Rock has given these people in the ring multiple stunners. Austin has given these people in the ring multiple stunners over time. Well, Austin gets to the ring and flips them off, grabs the mic, and the whole crew backs off a bit. Vince boasts that Austin got beat up last night. Austin does not want to be provoked and calls The Rock a sellout. I guess the new contract dictates that unless provoked, he cannot touch Vince or something like that. Well, not sure, but anyway, Austin has bigger frisk to fry. Footage of Shane promising a title shot after the pay-per-view. Vince is not worried as he overruled that the same night, but Austin has a binding document stating otherwise, and Shane whines he had no choice. Vince calls it a worthless paper. Oh, Well, Austin took it to court in Kentucky, where they are tonight. Judge Mill Lanes comes on a tight John, and that is indeed a binding resolution, and he gets his match tonight. Austin gives a hell yeah and leaves. So we're going to get The Rock versus Austin for the WF Championship here tonight on Raw. But fucking hell, it's been over 21 minutes. Austin well, bellows that he'll be the next champ because he said so. JR declares this could be the shortest reign in recent memory. Um, What about Kane? Oh yeah, Kane. And match one is the Outlaws and X-Pac versus the Oddities. Well, traditional Outlaws, Road Dog worked on and then Gun get the hot tag. Nearly gets the pin. Shaggy 2 dope leaps and hits Golga and Gunn gets the pin. Well, ICP and Kurgan argue the the insane clown posse did it on purpose. Well, headbangers run out and assault Road Dog before being chased off. Well, Mankind has arrived and he is displeased. Shamrock is in the ring and wants to get his point across. He's talking about the boss man who screwed him twice and it will not happen again. He'll put the IC title on the line too. Well, Val is in the ring doing his thing. Something about hopping aboard this stallion bare back. And we go on to match two, which is Val Venus versus Mark Henry. Henry starts strong. China has arrived as Henry pounds him into the corner. Henry looks at her and grins and is all happy and allows Val to roll him up for the win. Or Henry wants to put the law stuff behind. He wants to take her to dinner and there'll be no sex involved. Just the two of them. He recites another poem for her. Austin is getting some water. Patterson cannot find the boiler room and Vince responds that he could not find his ass. Briscoe can find it and Vince wanted to fix his ass. Nope, the boiler room and Vince wants to know what they're dealing with and sends Briscoe down. (coughs) And we go on to match three. We go on to match three, and that's Goldust and Steve Blackman versus Jeff Jarrett and the Blue Blazer, and that is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Well, Goldust runs over JJ and hammers him against the ropes, but Double J comes back and pounds. Blackman gets the tag, but he's run down. Blazer gets the tag, and he knocks him down, but Blackman takes down Jeff Jarrett, and Goldust fight on the floor down. Blazer is pinned after a boot to the face. Blackman is going to take off the mask, but Jarrett attacks him, and now Owen Hart comes down, and they stumble holding Steve. Gold dust runs him off. Well, Briscoe found the boiler room and he heard scary noises and got Sarge calls him a wuss and Briscoe says he's not. Sarge will go down and bring up Mankind. Vince wants to talk to The Rock about the match tonight. After the break, Sergeant S. Laughter is back up and he has not brought up Mankind. Vince sends all three Stooges and informs them they better bring him back up. And up next, match for us, The Godfather versus... He's a man. Such a man, he's a real 
Yes, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's a man. He's a real man's man. Real. Real. Real man's man. Will a real man's man accept a hoe enough to throw this match? Well, I don't know. It's going to be interesting seeing that. It's a great shot, King. Here come the godfathers of some hoes. James, pimping ain't easy. No, Stephen Regal's very fraction. Draw, drew with X-Puck last night Survivors. <laughs> oh, I love the crew. I'd have the one in the pink dress. I'd have the one in the denim shorts and a black t-shirt. Yeah. And the purple knee pads. Purple knee pads. So, Mum, what did you used to do then when you was, uh, <laughs> when you was a bit younger? Well, I used to be a hoe for the Godfather. Could have been worse. Oh, my God. If he's a real man's man, he wouldn't turn down a hoe. Three hoes for free all night. And being a real man's man, he couldn't turn that down. All three hoes. Well, the only man that can do more than that is Alex Wright's team. Well, this is definitely the attitude here, Dan, isn't it? Oh, hell yeah. What's Steve Regal have to say? Yay! Well done, Regal! Hey. He'll take the broads. Well done, the man's man, William Regal. And in tribute to William Regal, he's getting a chant as well from the crowd, which is cool. Such a man. He's a real. <laughs> That's our general manager of NXT. Do you think he actually fucked them hoes? Yeah, of course he did. I think he's just enticed Regal into a fight. Regal, why would Godfather do that for? Come on now. And the officials are pulling in Regal. Well, we go backstage and Kane is by the trucks and choke slams a technician. Hmm. Vince is coaching up Bossman before he faces Shamrock. And that is our next match. It is Ken Shamrock, who is the champion, versus the big boss man for the IC title. Well, they go back and forth. Shamrock chokes him out in the corner, and the ref cannot maintain control, so both men take him out. Boss man whips him into the corner and clotheslines him, and now Shamrock strikes with a running kick. The bell has rung. They are still brawling as officials move in to try and keep them separated. It was a decent brawl. Vince is yelling at both of them for beating up each other. They are not doing it for him. He's trying to talk down Shamrock. He assures Ken that he's really dangerous and wants to use him. They're a lot alike from broken homes and have had to fight their way to the top. So Vince says they're a lot alike. Vince offering family to Shamrock. And he said family stick together. Every corporation needs a dangerous man and he wants to think about it and come home. The fans did cheer Shamrock though when Vince asked if he care. Yes, well Shamrock shakes his hand and Bossman puts out his hand too. Shamrock is reluctant, but does so. Oh my God, so Shamrock is shaking the hand of Vince. So he's another member of the corporation. And they've got the boss man, they've got the corporate champ, The Rock. And will he shake boss man's hand? And the IC champ now, Ken Shamrock. If he shakes his hand, oh my God. And Vince, he's got a sheeting green, like you said, Dan. Great, excellent point. The Intercontinental Champion, the WF Champion, and the big boss man. My God. And the current best in the world. Up next, it's the Brood versus Yellow D. Well, Droz and Edge start off, and Edge hangs him out to dry. Gangrel is whipped, to him, whipped into him by Edge, and then Edge leaps off the back of Gangrel, nailing Droz. Droz reverses the whip, but runs into a boot, but Power Slam gets him two. Two. Uh, look, Hulk, Hulk has come down for some reason. 
Well, Hawk is doing. I don't know why he's here. And he looks like, I don't know, how, Animal Powerbomb's Edge. And, look, and Hawk's climbing. He's, he's climbing a Titantron, Dan. What's he doing up there? Is he a crazy son bitch? Oh, I hope he's not been drinking again. Animal and Droz watching on. Oh, an animal is, is had enough. He's going up there. Hawk in a very dangerous position. Even a brood has stopped now as well. Oh, my God. He's going up high. He must be at least 40 foot high. At least 60 to 70 foot in the air. All the way on the Titantron. And they're looking at him up there. And, and what's he doing? Uh, after the break, Hawk wants to go down in a blaze of glory. Oh, my God. Well... Well, he knows that Jaws is misleading him. Well, there's Paul Ellering out here now. He calls him a troubled spirit and says he's got a lot to live for. I care about you, Hawk. Don't do this. He looks weird with hair, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? He does. He wants to call him Uncle and Hawk. I mean, like we said, he's about 70 foot up in the air at the moment. At least 80 foot in the air. Oh, it's all about his mother now as well. Oh, my God. Now Jaws and he wants to stay him down. That's not... wants to stay down there. That's not a great idea going up. Hawk's saying keep him away from him. I don't know why Joss is going up. And Hawk's saying, you're the last person I want. And why is Joss going all the way up there for? He might break his neck. And Animal's telling him, don't move, be careful. He's calling him Mike as well. And Joss is up there saying he's all right, safe and... Oh, my God! Joss Joss has just killed Hawk. Oh, my God. He pushed him off the side. (coughs) Why did Joss do that for? What the hell? Hawk is... Oh, my God, tragedy just stuck. Oh my god, they're using their uh, serious voice now. Let's have another replay. Yep, that's another man dying. Is that a little shadow thing they Yeah, it's well? meant to be, yeah. I mean, this happening <laughs> not long before Owen Hart drops to his death I as know. well. Isn't it sick? I mean, the attitude here, like I said, a lot of good things, but I mean, this is just, this is just fucking crazy. You actually see him push it as well. <laughs> no, like, makes no, it makes no qualms about it. And the ambulance there and anything looking on. And the ambulance goes away, and um, let's move on if nothing has happened. <coughs> Cole calls out Sable and talks about dreams coming true. She is dedicating a bout to the fans for making Sable who she is. Shane comes out, telling her to hold on. Shane reminds her that they made her. Sable disagrees with that as she did it herself. Shane basically calls her a whore, and she claims the only woman he could get is one he bought, and she is not one for sale. Wow, so um, Rock is in the locker room, or the rocker room. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're Asian. Sorry. Well, Mankind is attacking the Stooges. They are trying to beat him up, but it is failing miserably, and they get dismantled. They're wearing football helmets and shoulder pads. No, they're wearing American football helmets and shoulder pads, because our football, we don't dress like pansies, and we beat Chelsea 3-1. Only gets his nuts stomped on. Now, all three are down. Did Aust- you fucking set this up or something? I'll get a long bit. You get Rockers in the locker room. Austin is pacing in the back. Austin is pacing in the back. Vince has come down again with everyone, minus The Rock and the Three Stooges. He does not like this match and dislo- dislikes the fact that he took the legal route in order to get this match. The fans call him an arsehole. Last night was to be his last chance and he will not win tonight as this is now his true last chance. So up next, the main event is The Rock, the WF champion versus Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Of course, the title is on the line. One thing I, I really like about WWF, uh, opposed to WSW, well, sometimes, is the commentary and the way they line up. Like, I don't get me wrong, I do like Heenan, Tanay and Shivani, 
uh, and sometimes you know even Larry Zabisco can be quite funny. But at least with the King of Jail, they've they've, they've laid the lines down of who they are. You know, you've got your your babyface one in Jr. who's kind of loves Austin and all the good guys, and the King who's basically the corporate announcer now. You know, he's saying like, oh, he should stand up for the Rock and. And JR saying that, you know, you can see who's kissing. So you've got that. Set, and that's much better than WCW at this time, isn't it? You know? It is indeed, yeah. And the commentators also seem to know what's going on, as opposed to WCW guys who are always like, we don't know what's going on, but we'll be back with you in a minute. You know, well, they know one thing. <clears throat> Whereas the WF guys are like, right, we've got this match, this match, this match. And, you know, this is the main event here. This is what event we're working towards. And look at that in the ring now. Vince and Shane with Boss Band, Shamrock and The Rock. It is the formation of the corporation. It is, yeah, and they go to play a big part in uh, what happens in the next year or so. Yeah, what a pop frosting. The reason I get really excited about it for Dan as well, and it's silly, you know, coming up for 20 years since I first started watching wrestling properly, as in week in, week out, and the corporation was kind of the thing when I was, you know, January 1999, the corporation were kind of, you know, running wild as it was. But here comes Austin, the title's on the line. And a rock coming straight out there was an but Austin cuts him off, puts him in a corner and just stomps a mud hole. Oh my god, and Austin is going right after the rock and already this is better than any WSW main event that we've seen. Irish whip Austin and Rock dodges it. Rock ducks it and then goes to the outside to get a breather. Mm. And another myth as well is about kind of WrestleMania worthy matches, you know, you say, Oh, you can't you gotta have first time ever. Think how many times the Rock and Austin have seen it, and yet they they haven't ever had their WrestleMania rivalry yet. Do you know what I mean? It kind of took yeah. it to the next level, <clears throat> and I think the Rock just wants to get out of here. Austin's not going to let that happen, and he <laughs> clotheslines him on the ramp, and the crowd firmly behind Old Stone Cold, and Austin sending the Rock in. Oh, thought he was going to go for Stella. Just did a snapmare, drops the elbow onto the heart of the Rock, goes for the cover, but the Rock managing to kick out. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's uh, me, but it seems to be a lot more signs at Raw than there is Nitro at this moment in time. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh, again, not many people wearing wrestling attire. You know, there's a few wrestling t-shirts out there. Austin going to the outside of the Rock following him. Austin sent over Barry Cade and a Rock going outside to join him. That's, good. That's a good idea. With a rowdy crowd just go out in the middle of them. Austin fighting back. Sends Rock back over Barry Cade. It seems like a great place to be as well, James. The crowd are enjoying it more. Austin looking to use a chair, but the Rock with a kick to the midsection stops that. It must come off on TV as well, as Rock taunts for a beer, and then is laying the smacketh down on Steve Austin. I do like the Rock leg shake as he kicks. And you talk about the evolution of the Rock. You know, this is basically the Rock right now, isn't it? You know, it that- is. Yeah, you know, he started things off as a heel. Eventually, got the fans behind him as a be fan. Immediately, as soon as they start supporting him. Goes back to being a hill. Exactly. We saw him rocking my V, you know, when he was talking when Fruit was there as well. He wanted to be the leader, became the ruler of the nation, and now he's the corporate champion. A rock tries with some rights. Austin responds in kind. Lays him over the announce table. Oh, and Austin follows him up with an elbow. And Austin now, goal drive the rock. No rock blocking it. Oh, responds with a backdrop. And now Vincent Man happy. The crowd booing. I, c- I cannot get across to people maybe listening how hot this crowd actually is. I think that's the first time they might have quieted down a little bit. What's shocking nowadays watching Raw Smackdown seeing how crowd, uh, how quiet the crowd is as well. Do you know what I mean? Indeed, yeah. You know, I've actually either been Rocky sucks when Rock's on offence or just cheering and screaming <laughs> yeah. when Austin's on offence. And now a huge Austin chant as the Rock throws Steve back in the ring. 
What a huge statement it would be to Rock if he could put Stone Cold down his first night as champion. Rock's got a sleeper locked in. Austin backs him up into the corner. And to be fair to Austin and Rock, they have not slowed down yet in this match either. I mean, I benefit of the doubt. Both men have been on the outside for quite a while, but he didn't count them out. He wants a definitive winner to this. Well, we talked about the screw job last night. I feel with Earl Hebner getting involved with Vince McMahon at ringside, probably wouldn't be best. There's a rock now, going to go for the corporate elbow. Hits his mark, but Austin wisely rolls over to his stomach. And look at McMahon's look, almost orgasmic. And finally going to slow it down on Austin. And the crowd level, Norton's level is actually getting louder. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> at the end of the show as well. I mean, yes, we've seen Hawk plunge to his death earlier and really Regal walking out <laughs> with some hose, but it was the Attitude Era, you know? And Indeed. Sable treated as a whore with money with Shane McMahon. But, come on, we're getting Rock versus Austin. We've well, seen two backsides as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have the hose. Well, not only the crowd, but, you know, Raw at this time is red hot. And Austin's arms drop twice once more and he's out. Uh-oh. Oh, and Austin puts up his middle finger, defiant as ever. Fights out. Looking for a short arm close arm, but The Rock reverses it and drops Austin with his own. One, two. Oh. Austin managing to kick out. Oh, Mankind's out here. I just saw Mankind. He's attacking Boss Man. Oh, I love his funky get up. He is not happy about what happened yesterday. Being betrayed by the Vincent Man. Brought him in as his son. And now Boss Man and Mankind going at it. Corporate hired gun. And he's trying to get to McMahon. But he's got Shamrock in between him and Vince. And Vince. Already swallowing hard. Oh, Shamrock now. Oh. Kicking Mankind as he's held back by the boss man. Come on, Shamrock. You know what you're doing. You were beating up boss man earlier. And Shamrock has sold out. But a fresh twist on the character. He's not been the, the hill since he first joined 97. And Mankind getting beaten up as McMahon talks trash. Rock's been in control with a sleeper, but not anymore. <laughs> well, both men trading blows in the middle of the ring. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Austin, Irish whip, Stalano. Oh, Rock pushing him off. Catch him in the rock bottom. Rock bottom time, no. no Austin fighting that off. Dodges the clothesline. Stunner. Oh, my God. Go for the cover. One, One two. two. Oh. Shamrock pulls the referee out. Oh. Austin's definitely not pleased with that. Undertaker's made his way to ringside. With a shovel in hand and Paul Berry wants the referee back in. Shamrock cost him. Austin knocks Shamrock off the apron. The Undertaker's in. Oh. It's Austin with the shovel. Oh my God. And that is it. Rock retains. But Austin is knocked out. Unbelievable scenes then. Uh, not again. Come on. Oh no, Berry saying no. Is the Undertaker part of the corporation? It doesn't look like it. Well, Vince McMahon has no idea what's going on here. Well, Austin, you would argue, had The Rock beaten if it weren't for Shamrock. Well, The Rock is championship. Austin is barely back to his feet after being hit for six with that shovel. My God. Dan, what did you think of the match and what happened afterwards? Absolute chaos. And, uh, you know, if chaos is going to ensue, I think it just builds up Austin. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it kind of progresses him. It, it puts the fans more firmly behind him. I mean, you know, not only has he got them with, but now he's got The Undertaker as well. 
Well, yeah, and this is the thing, and that's going to be the next feud, and it's going to be in the way before he gets to The Rock. But at least we know this. Even as the fans, this is what WF is setting their stall out. We are months away from WrestleMania, and yet WF is saying, look, Austin's going to go through The Undertaker first, and then it's going to be The Rock afterwards. You know, you've got the Mankind story to deal with as well. So it's great storytelling. Yes, it's it's not sometimes great viewing is uh, Monday Night Raw, but even with the match quality as well, with like the oddities involved and stuff. But that main event match just delivered, you know, so... But at least we got to see it to the end as well. Exactly, which was great. Raw, now we move on. Episode 287, November 23rd. Well, Raw, Raw one with around a 5.0 to a 4.5. Austin apparently blacked out and is in a medical centre, and they will speak with him later. And here comes Vince and friends. He hates the fans, but never lies and goes on about Austin and telling everyone how right he was and that Austin got beat up last week. A new commissioner, as S Laughter, has stepped aside. He will answer to no one, but Austin is all Vince's. He calls out HBK. I've forgotten how sure, uh, annoying Shawn Michaels was, as he calls him Vin Man, and should be known as Mr. Vin Man. He's going to change things up and add some sizzle to the steak. He asked Vince if he can make his first booking decision tonight. It will be for the title, and Shane and Vince are a bit baffled and worried. It will be The Rock versus X-Puck. Shawn dances and then leaves. Well, JR does not think this is what Vince had planned. Then why the fuck are him? He has control of everything and nearly everyone, so why would you do this? Oh, ratings despite making no sense from a storytelling perspective. ICP and Oddities are arguing and their former are not ready to fight, so the Oddities will take their place. Well, match one is the Headbangers versus the Oddities. Well, Corrigan takes it to France to tag, whips him in the corner and crushes him with his gut. He body slams him and now ICP is down and one is on the apron and he's knocked off. Golga checks on him and he's rolled up. ICP and Banger join up and put the boots to the oddities. Silver is tied up and Kurgan has something sprayed in his eyes. Luna is getting a head shaved. And match two is Steve Blackman versus the Blue Blazer. Blackman starts strong and knocks him to the floor. He goes after him and rolls him back into the ring. He kicks him in the head only to miss the elbow. He connects with an inscuri and has him in a face lock. Blazer turns it into a crab and despite Blackman breaking free, he's still knocked around. But Blackman runs him over and the boot to the face finishes him off. He goes to a master Blazer but Owen clips him from behind and beats on him before leaving. They show clips of Austin yesterday celebrating and then he just collapsed. They claim he refused medical attention. Brood versus D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry is our next match. Edge takes out Brown with Hurricane Rana and some slams. Gangrel gets the tag and they run him over. Gangrel beats on him in the corner and then they both whip him into the other corner. And Edge is whipped into him. Gangrel crushes him too and they double DDT him. Henry runs at them but he's taken over and slammed by both. Henry then dominated. China has shown up and the distraction allows Gangrel to roll him up for the win. Delo's not happy and argues with him. China agrees to go out of him and he roll around the ring with glee. Brown is not so gleeful. Austin is in a hospital bed does not like the tests. The doctor is a shitty actor and wants him to take some pills as he has concussion and warns him to take some time off. Austin refuses but takes the pills after a good night's sleep. He's allowed to leave. JR asks how it feels and, uh, and he is upset about the shovel to the head and will get his payback and when his, and his blood pressure increases and the nurse tries to calm him down. No shit when he'd be wanting revenge after being hit in the head with a shovel. And we go to match four, which is Mark Mero versus Goldust. Well, Mero beat Goldust fights. Here comes Terry and Jacqueline, and I guess Mero dumped her, Jackie, on heat last night. Terry is distracting the ref, and Jackie runs in and low blows Goldust. Terry kicks Goldust and then nails Mero in the nuts. 
because Terry was with Goldie and Jackie with Mero. Ah, the ladies high five and Terry shows her panties as she leaves. A nurse asks Austin for an autograph and he is happy to oblige. JR's question pisses him off as he is about, uh, is about the Buried Alive match and he freaks out, stating he will get revenge. The lights go out and he's told to get some rest. Yeah, the next pay-per-view rock bottom, we are going to get a Buried Alive match with the Undertaker and Stone Cold. A car arrives at the hospital. It's a hearse. And it is match five. Ken Shamrock versus Big Boss Man versus Mankind for the WWF Hardcore title. Well, Bossman goes after Mankind with a stick, but he dodges it, and after a couple of punches, he's assaulted by both men. Mankind is getting mauled. Show up at the top of the ramp to enjoy the show. Shamrock pulls out Mankind and punishes him, and now the nightstick comes into play, and Mankind is drilled with it. Mankind pulls out a broom from somewhere and breaks it across the boss man and literally over Shamrock. Boss man eats a double arm DDT into the chair and all three men are down. Mankind and Shamrock are up and they go at it. Out on the floor they're brawling and Shamrock is down. Now Bossman is stuck in Manimal Claw but Shamrock runs in and clips him from behind and that knocks boss man to the floor. Shamrock spikes Mankind into some object and goes for the ankle lock and the job squad runs into the ring led by Al Snow. And Shamrock is knocked out by head and Mankind gets the win. Mankind chases after the McMahons and is run down by Shamrock. Well, back in the hospital and Austin is getting beaten up by the Undertaker. Undertaker is panting heavily as he breathlessly tells Austin he's not so tough. Okay, enough of that. Austin is dragged through an entire hospital apparently. No one noticed. Undertaker and Paul are going to bury him alive. It's not deep enough and Austin chokes out Paul but he is knocked back out. Undertaker wants to embalm him alive rather than bury him alive. Up next is Godfather versus Tiger Ali Singh. Shit, this is taking a long time. Instead of kicking his ass, he's willing to give him his hose. Regal comes down and tells him not to fall for it and that he can afford better slappers than these. This pisses the Godfather off and he charges at Regal and then Regal gets in the ring and stomps a hole in him. Val comes down and Regal and Tiger retreat. Val takes some hose. Sean and Rock and Vince are arguing. Vok does not like being touched by Sean. He leaves. Sean is conferring with Hebner. Yeah, they are friends. Uh, match 7, New Age Outlaws versus the Job Squad. The Job Squad are Bob Holly, Dwayne Gill, Al Snow, and so is poor Scorpio. Road Dog and Holly, now Gunn and Scorpio do the same with the latter, hitting two drop kicks. Road Dog gets beaten down. Yeah, Gunn then is in, strikes with a tornado DT, and Mankind runs down with a fucking leaf blower, knocks out Gunn, and then he is pinned. Bossman and Shamrock come down and dismantle Mankind with a squad and an assist from DX. Patterson and company come down and start talking to DX. Austin is brought to a funeral home and laid out. Paul is all happy. Untaker tells him that he cannot tempt fate. Um, murder on T. Yeah, we saw it last week. It's fine. Austin is prepped. Look at Bearer's face now. He's shocked by what the Untaker's just about to do. And he's gone proper dark now as the Untaker. Santana, Bearer can't watch. He's going to stab... Austin. But Kane grabs him from behind. Oh, my God. And Kane's in. He's fighting a dead man. And Paul Bear's still going to stab him. Austin's woken up, thank God. Blocks the scissors. And he's trying to crawl out of here. And Austin just leaves. Well, Bearer's waddling after him. And Kane and the Undertaker fighting. Oh, and the, the feed has cut out. That's a damn shame. Leading to match seven, X-Puck versus The Rock. For the WWF title. Well, HBK sends DX and the corporate goons to the back who come down too. They lock up and neither gets the upper hand and they test one another and go back and forth. Well, Joe, I just will not shut the fuck up about X-Buck. I get it, but you repeat how great he is and how 
weak his fucking neck is every week. Shane and Vince show up at the top of the ramp and grin at HBK. And now the Rock's in control of sleeper, but X-Pac just got up, spinning heel kick, and surely, Dan... Don't call me Shirley. X-Pac cannot win the WF title here tonight, even with Shawn Michaels looking on. We are talking about the one-two-three kid, the man who picked Razor Ramon off on his first ever match. Oh, my God, what can the Rock do? Trying to get to his feet. And Shane and Vince looking off of the ramp. X-Pac again with the chops to the Rock. Big right hand reversed by the Rock. Clothesline dodged. Oh, spinning heel kick again from X-Pac. Goes for the cover. One, One two, two. Oh. But the Rock managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And is Sean helping out his former DX brethren? Well, we don't know what he's doing here. He doesn't look too bad at the moment. He hasn't been, a, obviously, not wrestled since WrestleMania this year. He's back as commissioner as the X-Pac hits a Bronco Buster. Spinning heel kick. Rock reverses. Looks for a clothesline. X-Pac ducks it. The Rock hits a Samoan drop. Goes for the cover. But oh, X-Pac kicks out. Then uh-huh. the Rock threatening old Heb now. Oh, no. X-Factor. Oh, my God. X-Pac hit it. If he pins him, he's going to be a new champ. Michael's clapping X-Pac along. One, two. two. Oh. A Rock getting his shoulder up at two. Two. And that was too close for the McMahon's then. Irish whip sends Rock to the corner. Goop, slam. You don't really see Rock using that often, but that was effective there. But again, the heart and determination of X-Pac gets shoulder up at two. Two. And now where's the Rock going? He's going to go and get himself a friend. The Rock's got the chair, but Michael's getting in. And he's got the chair now. And the man's coming down the ring, and the commissioner's got the chair. Oh! What? What? Nails X-Pac. Referee didn't see it. Oh, talk about an unprotected chair shot to the face. And Michaels is a corporate commissioner. And now The Rock taking his time to deliver the corporate electrifying elbow. Oh, my God. And the champ looking for a second successive. Looking for a second successive talk defense in a week. Free. Gets it. What a couple of weeks it's been for The Rock. And Michaels congratulates the corporate champ. The corporate commish. Oh. And Billy Gunn comes down. He's definitely not pleased with the result. Oh, but Shamrock and Bossman, Bossman are nearby. Road Dogg's in as well. It's the Outlaws versus these two at the moment. And Shawn Michaels has sold out. So he was in cahoots with the corporation yes. all along. <laughs> Lots of shenanigans, but definitely in cahoots. As the corporation beating down DX to end it here. My God. We're up next, our last episode of Raw, and it's episode 288, November 30th. Well, Raw won, handedly, a 5.0 to a 4.2. Well, The Undertaker and Paul Bearer are conferring. And here comes the insane clown pussies. They want to fight tonight. Headbangers are in the ring too, but Austin has arrived to a huge pop. The headbangers clap as he gets in the ring with a shovel. They are stunned. Thank God this match will not happen. Austin does not want a live match at the pay-per-view. He wants Undertaker tonight. And that is the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Austin in the back looking for the Undertaker. And match two is the New Age Outlaws versus the Brood. I guess this could be the second match. On the heat, Vince was recruiting the Outlaws. This crowd is hot. I mean, smoking hot. Christian just runs in and cracks gun with a belt. It's a DQ. The Brood is on, and so Shamrock and Busman... Come down to beat up the brood. A decent match marred by a random DQ. 
why not have the boss man and company run down when the outlaws are in trouble? Austin is in the boiler room and falls for the oldest trick in the book, locked in some room by Paul and the Undertaker. Henry is preparing for his date. He wants D'Lo to go with him to pro- provide a confidence boost. Brown tries it's like to... me and you, isn't it? <laughs> Henry is preparing for his date. He wants D'Lo to go with him to provide a confidence boost. Brown tries to beg off, arguing he would be a third wheel. He will go after Henry, beg him. Here comes the Undertaker and he calls out Kane. He locks Austin in the freezer and will keep him on ice. He has things to set with Kane and one of them will face the future tonight and the other faces eternal darkness. Kane obliges. They start to fight inside the ring, obviously, but Undertaker beats his ass and tombstones him. He drops the elbow and chokes him out. Kane is up as men wearing white and with straight jackets run down. Kane takes out the Undertaker and drops a couple of them. They chase Kane as he escapes through the crowd. The white coats are after. Henry and Brown come up, come up to a limo and the latter is worried about the state of dress. Henry has a suit for him. Henry gives him a chauffeur's, give him a chauffeur's hat. Brown is peeved. He enters the car but Mark waits for him to open the door and Brown, irate, finally obliges. See, if that would have actually happened from a white man doing that to D'Lo Brown, I think there would have been a lot yeah. of fucking trouble. But anyway, Henry is in the lobby and has some flowers and China arrives and she does not look or act happy. She does not let him touch her, but allows herself to be let out. Brown holds the door and she is baffled. Match for his X-Puck versus... Well, I could be wrong. Matt calls down HBK. He comes down and calls him the kid as the fans jeer. Sean repeats what he said last week and that he's the new sheriff in town. If he wants crap out of pack, he will pick it out of his teeth. Sean has faced bigger guys in his stall. Well, Pack asks how wide his bunghole is. HBK will send him down that money pit in Atlanta if he even looks at him wrong. Pack is all revved up, so he'll give him a match. He will face Shamrock, and it'll be for Xbox's title, and then he wants his music hit, and is DX, and he tells that Pack, and he tells Pack that he was DX before DX was cool, before he leaves the befuddled Pack behind. The limo has arrived at its destination. Henry and China get out and she is pissed about the $2 flowers. They get right into the club or restaurant as people go, oh yeah. The freezer door is open. And back to the restaurant and Henry wants bottled water and mispronounces Perrier and China knows the real pronunciation and corrects him. He sings some Marvin Gaye for her as it plays in the background. What's going on? That about Vietnam and not romantic, but... That makes it all the more classic. Match four is Goldust versus Jeff Jarrett, which is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Goldust tosses him around. Goldust looks at the crowd and is cheered. Pulls him up and preps for the shattered dreams. Deborah gets in the ring, standing in front of Goldust, showing a little. Goldust shows off a bit too. Owen is up from the table and hits him from behind and yet another DQ. The Blazer has arrived too. And this time, he nails Owen and beats him up, and it's Blackman. Also, Blackman was dressed up as a blue blazer. Up next is Big Boss Man versus Mankind for the WF Hardcore title in a ladder match. And Boss Man, as Mankind was coming out, got hit with a nightstick. And then again, and Boss Man's been a bane to Mankind. But the Hardcore title's on the line. Mankind defended last week against Shamrock and the Boss Man. And now he's got to go against Boss Man in this one. And we've got Michaels at the announcer table as well. Oh my god, says Mankind recovers. Sends Boss Man face first into the steel steps. Now Mankind's got the lap. <laughs> Throws it at Boss Man. <laughs> right in the face. Why is the cameraman getting a close up? 
Look at the fucking ladder. And HBK marking that as a minus two so far. And now Mankind. <laughs> got the ladder. Oh, the guy, the cameraman's fallen over. But Mankind does use the ladder on Boss Man. And again, Mankind. Oh! Flapjacking the ladder onto Boss Man. Or Bossman. And Bossman, this is the... But maybe the only fourth ladder match in WF history, if you think about it. We made such a big deal of, of Triple H versus the Rock at SummerSlam 1998, but here the hardcore title's on the line. Definitely the first time ladder match has been on Raw. And it's Mankind. Who would have thought? That's weird trivia, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have thought... No offence to Mankind, but you wouldn't assume... Well, James, if you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Oh, and he's on. The, he was on like the sixth or seventh rung. Uh, got to be in the least the eighth or tenth rung. Dives off, hits boss man or bossman with a clothesline. I think it might be bossman. Oh my god! Now bossman caught between the ladder. What's mankind gonna do? Oh, mankind drops the elbow onto the ladder, which bossman was sandwiched in between. Now bossman in serious trouble. I mean, Michaels gave him a six that time. Well, he's gone from a minus two to a one to a six. And Mankind would do anything to attain the hardcore title given to him by Mr. McMahon. Yes, he is the first and only holder of the hardcore championship. I know he's got the ladder set up over Bossman, looking to climb it and retrieve his title. Mankind ever so close, but Bossman managed to get up quickly. Now, huge right hands. So I'm going to say, I know we're in the middle of a match here, but... Oh, double arm DDT by Mankind. Has there been no word on what happened with Hulk? No, there's been no word on what happened with Hulk. We have not. Once we get an update, we will let everybody know. And Mankind going up to get the hardcore title now. Oh! Well, he was uh, batting about his title. I think he was probably waiting for Bossman to uh, recover and uh, attack him. Well, Ken Shamrock could get a hold of the European title here tonight as he defends, if he, as he goes after X-Pac later. Hardcore title in the corporation right now. And they, and you saw McMahon and Shamrock Man on Heat trying to recruit the tag team champions, the Outlaws, and trying to break up DX. Well, I think the corporation wants to hold all the gold. Mm. And 13 days away from Rock Bottom, which would be the first week of December, buried alive match between Austin and The Undertaker. Who's facing The Rock? Rock versus Mankind ends up being. It's a boss man looking to go up now. He gets a perfect 10. 10. And that's how Ty Dillinger's gimmick started. <laughs> now both are fighting on top of the ladder. It oh. must be about 10 foot up. At least 15 foot in the air. After Shawn Michaels sweet chin music him. When he was just a, a wee jobber. And boss man is in serious trouble. Mankind's got the socko. Mandible Claw locked in on Bossman. Oh my god, Bossman's gone, sucking mouth. And now Mankind, it's all he's got to do is go up and get it, but Bossman recovers. He's got a quicker recovery time than Buddy Murphy. Oh my god. And here comes The Rock, the corporate champion. Talk about spoilers, yeah. Rock's going after Mankind. And now he's helping Bossman get up. <laughs> Rock's legs look really weird about him. I know, and that's strange. And now The Rock helping Bossman get up. The title Mankind back to his feet. Oh! Low blow to The Rock. Drags Bossman off the ladder. And now it's Mankind. He's fighting a two-on-one handicap match at the moment. And The Rock fighting him off. And the Rock being serious now. Laying a smack down on Mankind. Rock bottom. And the Rock bottom hits. 
I'm going to show down at rock bottom. And at this time, Mankind has just hit rock bottom. And the rock sending Boss Man out the hardcore title. This is a disgrace. We've got a second ever hardcore champion. And it's the big boss man. Dan? Well, I think this is certainly a way to get the corporation over as a hill faction by them holding all the gold and everyone having to chase them for it and then winning matches in their own ways. So like what the NWO should have been, do you know what I mean, yeah. in that way. And what the other thing I like, it gives man, he'd lost this, but now he moves over, doesn't he, to a feud with The Rock and a higher on the position card, you know. He's going to be treated as the main eventer, as Michael's putting a kick in. But then feigning that he's got a bad back. Yeah. Oh, he tries another one. Oh, no, it's just too much on his back. Do you want the nightstick instead? And Michael's like, yeah, all right. And Michael's, is he going to do it? And Michael's just poking at mankind. Oh. oh. as he drops the nightstick to the throat. And what an attack. What an assault. Three men, huh? Michael's gives the nightstick back to boss man. Who shows him how to twiddle it in his hands. The corporate commish. Unbelievable stuff here on Monday Night Raw. Not a bad match, but I can understand the outside to actually make that happen, but hey-ho. Or someone about the Undertaker and Kane are beating each other. Tables are overturned as Undertaker's tossed over them, but Kane is laid out. Undertaker says it's for his own good. He's about to do something not so nice, and Austin comes out from the shadows and breaks the shovel, shovel over his head. And match seven is Mark Merrow versus Dwayne Gill, and that is, yes, the Dwayne Gill that was formerly known as Gilberg, or is going to be known as Gilberg. Yeah. Merrow declares that if he cannot beat the jobber, he will retire. Gill comes out with a belt on. Merrow's destroying him. Oh, Gill is from here. Merrow kills him with TKO. Job Squad has arrived at the top of the ramp. Merrow does not cover him and just circles around. He finally goes up top and the Blue Meanies arrived and pushed him off the top rope and Gill pins Merrow. Well, I guess that Merrow has to retire and I really think he does retire. One retirement match, that means something. Oh, and Gill is a light champ. Confusing? When did Christian lose it? Well, Paul is leading the mental health doctors to where Kane is. And Henry is reciting a poem to China with Michael Bolton in the background. She sucks down the booze. She sucks. Oh, okay. Uh, up next, WF European Toll, X-Pac versus Ken Shamrock. And Sean is back at the... Shamrock kicks him in the gut a few times, but Pac flies off the ropes after ducking a couple of blows. Vince is in the back schmoozing with the outlaws. Ken takes him down and gets a two count. Two. Shamrock in control, but X-Pac unloads some kicks to the head. Kicks him some more, and it is buster time. Sean distracts the ref as Pac hits X-Factor and Bossman runs down and knocks Pac out with a knife. Shamrock goes for the ankle lock and Triple H comes down and kicks him in the head and it's a DQ. The docs are carting off a person on a gurney wrapped in a plastic bag so we do not know who it is. And Henry is dancing to Brick House and finally gets China to loosen up a bit. What, more than three fingers? Oh! She sits back down and Henry wants to go to the bathroom. Some white boys come in and hit on her. Well, they act like fucking idiots. They want to ditch, so she hits him. Mark goes over and destroys the other two. Damn, the bar was sad. Looks like a cheap soap opera. Val comes out and brings out the Godfather. Match nine is Tiger Ali Singh versus Val Venus. Well, they've been going back and forth. Tiger hits a belly-to-belly as the hose hit on Babu. Val takes advantage and pounds on Tiger. Here comes Terry and Jackie. Terry comes down and nuts Val and yet another DQ. Fucking hell. Shane McMahon comes out and he talks about Sable and how Vince made her a superstar. He calls her out. She has a cologne that the WF is selling or perfume. As he goes to smell it, she's really close to her and she sprays it in his eyes. 
And that is match 10 is Al Snow versus The Rock for the WWF title. <laughs> the closest Al Snow would ever get. A uh, little bit of offence from Al, but show is rock bottomed and the fans are up. Rock places head in the centre of the ring and hits the elbow. Snow does not appreciate that and is up and kicks The Rock and then wallops him with head. The ref is still down low and here comes Bossman and Shamrock. Snow turns around and right into another rock bottom and he is pinned. Mankind comes down and is stopped by Ken and Bossman and beaten up. Rock joins in. The squad runs down to join the fray, but the Rock just leaves. But is chased down by Mankind, and a Donny Brook is on. Well, Paul Bear is all giddy. That Kane is gone, and he turns around. And Austin's right there, and he opens the freezer, and Kane is right here as well. They grab him and bring him to the ring. Austin calls him a dumb bastard and wants to know how he feels. Now he sent the Undertaker to the crazy house, and now he cannot save his fat ass. He's all pissed about last week. He calls Bear a sick bastard and declares that he is thirsty and wants the beer. He asks the crowd if they want to see Kane beat his ass, and they do. He stops Kane and talks about the gas can and stops him again. Now he has scissors. Austin cuts his shirt open as Paul begs. Well, he acts like he's going to stab him like he did last. Let's not forget, this is what Paul Bearer tried last week. So not only have we seen attempted murder last week, Hawk plunging to his apparent death, even though we had no updates. Now we're going to see Paul Bearer gutted like a pig here on Monday Night Raw. Bearer blaming The Undertaker. He acts like he's going to stab him but stops and then Kane then has Kane help take Bearer to the back. They're now outside and Paul is shoved down. Kane opens a manhole and they start to stuff his fat ass into it and they do so head first and close it up. Austin flips it off and they leave. He's going to stab him right now and Paul Bearer saying please don't kill me. Austin calling him a big dumb bastard and Kane's got an idea uh, Austin's got an idea I didn't know Kane and Austin were friends, but obviously mutual hatred. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what they done fucking for Becky Lynch. Yeah, that's what they did that for. Blood from a stone. Well, I don't know where Austin and Kane are going right now. They're going for a little walk. I'm taking to take the mental institution. And still no word of Hulk. No. I, mean, I hope he's okay. Poor Paul Bearer, though. I mean, he's fucking... He's been buried alive in concrete. He's fat. He's <laughs> fat, that's one of his fucking disabilities, is it? Uh, it's not going in his favour, is it? Now, Paul Bearer. Oh my god, they've opened up a drain cover. Uh oh. Kane is offering a manhole cover. Well, James, you know a lot about manholes. Will Bearer fit in that one? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's a pretty big man. It's probably one of the biggest manholes I've seen. Mark Tardis. And now, Kane. Still going to put Bearer down there. Alex Fry down that one. But Bearer now is going head first. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 He's just gone down. He's been thrown down the sewer. And Kane does the job. There you go. Seals it. Austin gives it the double fingers. And payback for Bearer. But only in a couple of weeks' time. We'll be covering it next month. Rock bottom. The next WF pay-per-view. Obviously, not only Mankind versus Rockford, the left title, we've got Austin versus Yantega buried alive. And Paul Bearer has been put to pass tonight. My God, and that is it. Dan, now it's time. We've got a five-point system. We've got match. Promo. Roster. Setting. Rating. And then the overall score. So it'll be out of 30 for each show that we'll give it. What do you want to start with, Ross? Uh, I'll tell you what we do. We'll just talk about each and then Raw mark them off. I was going to say Ross back then. We'll mark them off as we go along. We'll talk about Raw and Nitro. Uh, we'll start off with the... Uh, what do you want to start off with, Dan? You can start us off this month. 
Um, let's start off with setting. Setting, setting, very interesting. What have you thought? Who had the better set in this month, and what are your scores, Dan? Well, I certainly think that Raw is definitely progressing. I mean, they've got the covered barricades. Um, you know, they've got the size skirts as well with the attitude logo on it. They've, you know, they've got the huge Titan charm with a bit, bit, you know, the big bit over top. I think they're starting to get there. They are. They really are. I agree with you. You know, they could be a little bit done with like the aesthetic on the actual stage itself could be changed. But when you look at it, it looks quite smart. It's weird because I feel Nitro is kind of exactly the same as that as well, but in just different ways. If they had each other's help, it could be like the kind of arena that we know now. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of two things together. So I think it's a really even mark this month. You know, we look at the pay-per-views as well. For every, uh, this year, with every kind of pumpkin that we've had from, we had the big skull from the deadly game. So they're matching each other in and out, aren't they? You know, They are indeed, uh, yeah. So I've got to give that a fair score. Dan, what is your score out of five? Um, I'm going to give WWE or WWF a four, and I'm going to give WCW a 3.5, because I think whereas... WCW are kind of treading water. The WWF are kind of taking bounds forward. I've got to give it even score. I've got to give it four, both out of five for that one. Uh, because I'm so evenly matched at the moment in the kind of look. I think Nitro and the maps look better in the lights and more promo and fire, uh, more fireworks, pyro even. That's, uh, I've always been a fan of fireworks though. So, uh, and like I said, with Barry Cage and WF and, and the other things as well. All right, so up next, the roster, because this is one we debate every month, you know, uh, and it's always quite close. WSW obviously have the roster strength. To not have Hogan, not have Nash, not have Goldberg involved in a Nitro and yet still have quite an entertaining show just shows you kind of depth you've got with like DDP, Benoit, Booker T, Eddie Guerrero. We've seen a lot of that talent this month on Nitro, haven't we, you know? Well, you know, including the, uh, the World War Three, we've seen over 60 competitors from WCW. They they do have a very vast roster, but they don't use it as well as they should do. I mean, you know, week in, week out, we're getting the same kind of matches that we would do. You know, it's it's always, you know, it's either versus Ryan. I'm not complaining. I do love their matches. You know, we've got a couple of cruiserweights going up against each other. Um, and then, you know, you've got, you know, silly matches that are quite repetitive. Yeah, but I, th- I think in, in match type, I mean, Juventus Guerrero versus Billy Kidman, Raven Stereo and Guerrero, Booker T versus Scott Hall, Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit, you know, and you look at WF, we've got the Oddities versus New Age Outlaws. You know, the one great match that we saw was Austin versus The Rock this month. Apart from that, it's all very samey as well. And I, I feel that's more about matches than his roster, but I just think it shows how much the roster is improved. I think you, you hit the nail on the head yet again, when you said about uh, the 60-man Battle Royal and how many stars was involved. So I think Nitro has got a better roster for me. Uh, four and a half roster out of five for Nitro. Four out of five roster for... They got that many, but they use them so well. Like the stars they got, they, they do put on a show, you know, Indeed, and, and that's yeah. what I like about it. Well, I'm going to give WSW a four and WWF a 3.5. All right, so what about match... No, oh, fuck um, it. Well, I'm going to go for my next pick. I'm going to go for promo. Um, the promos again. Well, I, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if it's kind of classed as promos, but if you're going on storytelling, I think that the WWE or the or I think the WWF has kind of 
they're starting to reach different strides. You know, they've got the corporation coming out. They're kind of telling their story of how they want to capture everything and, you know, how they want to down and they want to rule the business. And, you know, they're trying to recruit anyone by any means necessary, trying to put everyone else's down. And, you know, you've got kind of like the resurgence of uh, the Godfather offering hoes for his matches. I do quite like that idea, especially as in the Attitude Era. Um, and I just think they're knocking out of the park. And with WCW, they're still you're still really confused. It's like, why is Bam Bam Bigelow there? Yeah. Why is um, the Big Show getting a title match the week after Kevin Nash has just won like a massive 60-man World War Three match? It's yeah. like, you know, why? What what has the Big Show done that, or what has the Giant done that Nash... Hasn't done. Well, and no. the figures as well, the commentators don't seem to know, like we mentioned about, they don't seem to have a clue what's going on. Uh, and also, there's never like a video at the start with Raw, you can always guarantee there's going to be a promo video in between that's going to explain what's happened. You know, even if they do it two or three times, like they did during the kind of start of Raw after Spice, who's just explaining the story for everybody that they know. Whereas Nitro, yeah, they don't really bother. It's kind of clips at weird times. Um, I still think the Mean Genie interviews are kind of the strongest interviews that... Uh, are in wrestling at this point in time. To have a one-on-one with Mean Gene still means a little bit of something, whereas I don't think WF really have got that, if you know what I mean. It's just more as in a kind of storytelling type way or kind of video-wise, WCW haven't got any. Uh, I'm going to get what your scores for promo for Nitro. And and also, sorry, I just want to point out a mark down for... What the fuck happened to Hawk? (laughs) Yeah, that's true, yeah. I'm going to be going and watching the next three or four fucking Raws now just to find out (laughs) if we... if we hear what happened to Hulk. Yeah, we might never find I out mean, what happened. You know, but I've, I've given them a four apiece for that one four. because, you know, where it is, is confusing on WCW. I still think, as you say, you know, they've got the interview segments which WWF haven't quite got there yet. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. Uh, so finally... What have you given it? I, well, do you really want to know? Uh, promo, yeah? Yep. Promo, four out of five for Raw, three and a half for Nitro. So matches now, the, I said this, there's only one being one kind of great match on Raw this month, and that was Austin versus um, Rock for the title. Yes, Rock versus x Pop was all right, but Al Snow was okay. But just the mid-card stuff. No, it, the ladder match weren't too bad. The ladder match were right, but too many DQ finishes as well. We have a go at the Nitro for doing that with outside interference. And yeah, the corporation getting involved and stuff, but I feel... We've not really had that many stand-up matches. We have on Nitro this month. You can pick out maybe five or six matches that we've seen that really stand out. You know, even the World War Three Battle Royal the main event was good. You know, and and I and I feel like yeah, all the wrong Nitro doing WSW does. I think it's good sometimes to just call them out on that and say, yeah, we've seen Jericho, we've seen Guerrero, we've seen Booker T, we've seen all you know Rey Mysterio. We like this month, and it's been okay. You know, and the matches have been all right. Uh, so I've got to feel that this month with Raw kind of let us down a little bit this month. And it don't need because the storytelling is so good. Sometimes the matches don't need to be great. You're involved with the story as opposed to the match. The matches kind of getting away sometimes on Raw. Whereas Nitro, you feel that you know the matches have been given a lot of time after the first couple of Nitros. Dan, yeah, I feel the matches on WCW have been strong, but they want to see they kind of give away for free the next night on Raw, which is like. You know, what's the point in buying the pay-per-view? And, you know, going back 20 years, it was a big point in, you know, saving up a bit of money, trying to buy the pay-per-view so yeah. you get to watch it live. And, you know, you get the excitement and then you tune in the next night on Nitro and then everyone who didn't buy it, they still get to watch it free. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, what 
what the hell's going on with that? Yeah, the world were entertaining, but where was the Goldberg match? I want to see the World Heavyweight Championship defending his title. I want to find out who the World War Three winner is going to face at the next pay-per-view. You know, not the next night on Nitro, an impromptu yeah, title yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, I know. I noticed that, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I do agree with you there. So, scores for matches out of five, I have given Raw a four and Nitro a four and a half because that Austin Rock match alone, uh, that could be on any Raw this year and probably be up there on the list of kind of best Raw moments, do you know what I mean? Uh, whereas Nitro, I think, really kind of... It's just hitting their stride in some ways. And I think the undercard, they're, kind of, they're working out a little bit now as well. So that's why I give it four and a half. Dan? Yeah, I've given WWF a three and a half, and I've given WCW a three and a half as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair scores. Fair scores. Uh, that's, that's fair enough for that. So now, finally, it's the rating out of ten uh, for the month, Dan. Uh, what about Nitro first? What's your rating out of ten? Well, I think for... All the good matches we've seen, we still get, aren't quite aren't quite clear. You know, we get Goldberg and Nash trying to tear shreds out of each other. But then the next night, they're sat next to each other on a contract signing. You get Bam Bam Bigelow showing up whenever and wherever he likes, jumping over the barricade. And then, you know, what's going to happen with them? Does he get an impromptu match because he's just jumped in the ring and just called it out? Just like the big show did. Um, you know, and then you get the likes of Kevin Nash destroying Raph Watt for his own personal game because he's booking matches. You know, but they do have their plus points, i.e. Conan beating Jericho. Fuck off. For the TV title. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was my favourite moment this month, yeah. He got that on tape, James. Uh, I think it's good sometimes to focus on Nitro a little bit more than Raw because we all know about Raw, but obviously Nitro not being around. I've got to give it an eight and a half uh, this month for Nitro. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think the journey that we took on for Nitro... Is is as good, you know. Go it right now, you know. Like we watch NXT every month. If we still had this, it would be great, you know. And it helped WF become a bigger product as well. So eight and a half, I think they did really well with the matches and the moments and stuff like this. And I really want to see as well Kevin Nash versus Goldberg. I'm interested to see what they do with Bam Bam Bigelow. So they've got me invested in the storyline at the moment on Nitro. What about Raw for you? I'm going to give Raw just for the fact that the deadly. The Deadly Game pay-per-view was this month. And we have had really interesting events of storylines. You know, we've seen one murder, two <laughs> attempted murders, and a fat man getting shoved in a manhole. Yeah. I mean, you know, just for them four <laughs> moments alone, it is absolutely fucking brilliant. And it does... It is very, very entertaining. It is. And that is, is the kind of... That is what they're getting at. You know, it is the Attitude Era. We've seen two arses. And, yeah, you know, well, we've seen a bit of Sable's ass as well. You know, we you, you can't really go wrong. And I've given that an eight and a half. Eight and a it's, half. It's ticked all my boxes, bums and murders. <laughs> bums, willies and murders. And fat men getting stuffed yeah. into manholes. Oh. <laughs> and, and, of course, deadly game. Deadly game. Um, so, eight and a half for you. I agree with you. I've also given it eight and a half. For for Raw, it's just fun, isn't it? You could watch the whole show yeah. 
Uh, as long as you're not get too offended. The problem with Raw is we're in a culture, and I'm not having a go at the culture, it's fine. Uh, but it's like a lot of 70s comedies. You know, we're going to be looking at this in five, ten years' time and going, well, that is completely inappropriate, what's going on. We're still at the time we can look back and still enjoy the show until it becomes cultural inappropriate. Do you know what I mean? In a weird way. And that's what the attitude here is. And that's, what it's, that's why people loved it, because the, it, it stood for that attitude and kind of had that throughout the times, you know. So that's why it's really enjoyable. All right, Dan. So your raw score in the end, we work it out. Well, no, your raw score is 23 and a half. Out of 30, and my raw score is 24.5 out of 30. So I actually get a point extra, even though we were surprised by that, weren't we? I gave my matches a 4, you gave yours 3.5. Promo was 4 for me, same as you. Roster was 4 out of 5, yours was 3.5. Set was 4 out of 5, yours was 4 out of 5. Both rating at 8.5, so point difference there. And then we move over to Nitro. Can I have some music whilst we work out the Nitro scores? <laughs> my god well Dan it's quite incredible what's happened there again I just worked out the scores so Nitro our matches I go at 4.5 out of 5 you get 3.5 out of 5 promo 3.5 out of 5 for me 4 out of 5 for you roster 4.5 out of 5 for me 4 out of 5 for you setting 4 out of 5 for me 3.5 out of 5 for you rating 8.5 for me 8 for you so your Nitro is 23 out of 30 and my Nitro is 25 out of 30 so if we add all the scores up Raw this month got 47 and a half points out of 60. But the winner by half a point, Nitro with 48 points, comes out on top. They won the Monday Night War for November. Well done, WCW. Well done. Well done, WCW. So there you go. And that's what we do every single month on the WNR podcast. We're doing it next month as well for December. And like we say, our pay-per-view will be WCW Starcade. But of course, we'll bring you highlights from Rock Bottom as well. But that is it. Don't forget our next podcast is Podcast Extra 205 Live. Till then, you can follow us on Twitter at WNR Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. We're across all the Google platforms, WNR Review on Google+. Send us an email to WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. You can come and find our page and follow us. We are the WWE Network Review Podcast. So you come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Net Review Podcast, where we've got all clips up there. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. There are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio. We've got a live shows coming in January. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But like I said, that is it. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Thanks for this, Liberty, and bye. Bye. I just accordance that surfaced online this week. Legendary sports entertainer The Undertaker appeared at WWE Crown Jewel last month in Saudi Arabia. 
because the WWE made him an offer he couldn't refuse. More than 2.1 billion to appear in a tag team match at the event. Leaked documents which have been declared legitimate by Wrestling Profilic Brogger show that Crown Jewel and Radio was the highest grossing event in WWE history as Saudi fans paid up to 1.2 million apiece for ringside seats. Mysterio earned 619 million. No. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels was paid 1.1 billion to return from retirement. Fuck, uh, was he paid a billion? Along with the promise of a revolutionary Saudi hair replacement treatment. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. The Miz was paid 823 million and given a five picture deal in the budget in Saudi wood movie industry. Uh, Brock Lesnar was paid in 17 million barrels of crude oil, which he mistook for protein shakes and drank in one evening. And commentator Rene Young was permitted to drive an automobile. Bye.